Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week I immerse myself in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, I'm dusting off Superstar and Where the Wild Things Are. And I have a guest with me this week. Please welcome to the Stacks, Kristen. I'm so happy to be on. Thank you so much. Of course. I'm such a fan of the podcast. Oh, stop. Oh, Hold up. Wait a minute. Hey, hey, hey. What's Mike, what are you doing here? Kristen. Doesn't something feel wrong here to you? Nope, not nope, not even a little. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 panting, so that's weird. I mean, something feels off. Like 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 Chris is usually our guest. What? Mike, you're speaking crazy right now. That's nuts. Yeah, definitely talking crazy. Don't listen to him, Kristen. What I was gonna say was, yeah, no. hear me out. I feel like I remember us starting this podcast together. Mike, that's that's. Dumb. I mean, we would never, we could never no, no, do no, that. No, Only Chris really. could do that. I've been reading about the spell that makes you hijack someone else's podcast. Chris would never do that. You really should get lost so we can do this, do this podcast that we do every other week. Oh, yeah. really? And what's that symbol on your shoulder? Uh, th- that is, that's nothing. And I also always record topless, so that part <laughs> of it's not weird either. Well, that I didn't disagree with at all. The listeners can tell the difference. Wait a minute, I've never noticed that tattoo before. It's the same symbol that is on these microphones. That doesn't mean anything. You should probably drop it. According to my research, the more we talk, the stronger we'll get. What? And we'll keep getting stronger until the rightful hosts are restored. No, no, no. Mike, I'm scared. We can do it. Just start with a vampire joke. Okay. What's a vampire's favorite drink? I don't know. What is it? A Bloody Mary. Oh, I'm definitely (laughs) getting weaker. (laughs) Okay, now, Mike, um, try a bad pun. Uh, uh, Okay, you know uh, that uh, vampires would really like your TV because it's plasma. (laughs) (laughs) It's working. Now, Kristen, uh, just another bad joke. Okay, um, what kind of dog does a vampire own? I don't know what kind. A bloodhound. Oh, stop, please. Seriously, stop. (laughs) Go, my go! Another pun. Uh, 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 you know what this uh, this reminds me of is that uh, that uh, uh, play I saw that was uh, all uh, green beans. It was a podcast. No. <laughs> okay, I guess my spell's been broken. Ugh. Oh well, it was worth a shot. Listen, I'm sorry I tried to hijack your show. I mean, did, it... I'm sorry I cast a spell. <laughs> if it's all right, I'd still like to sit in for the episode. I think that's okay if you can learn to share. Take it away, hosts. Everyone remembers Chris, <laughs> the uh, one of the hosts of Haiti Remember, mm-hmm. our sister podcast, and a frequent host, guest host on this show. I think, is this now, so this is my third time on the show. Does that yeah. mean I'm, I've now been a guest more than... You're, yeah, our lead guest host. Mm-hmm. You're winning, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And with that magical spell you just cast, it was like you hosted every episode. So, <laughs> by as far. far as your listeners are concerned, we've I have, retconned. I have distinct memories of that. You've been here for everything. <laughs> so we have a listener question from Ash this week. Ash wants to know, who would play each character if Buffy was cast today? 
And he, he, he sent us an article of what the experts would have cast, but I felt like that would have influenced our answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, can I tell you, I, so I'm, I did, I can't believe the direction this took when I sat mm-hmm. down to figure this out. Cause this yeah. was like a, a way more challenging question. Yeah. Well, I think like, first of all, hard because I don't know many actors that would be of the right age. No. This is one aspect yeah. of it. The fact that like, if you're going to recast Buffy now, obviously you're looking for age appropriate mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. way outside my wheelhouse at this point, because right. I think the more obvious answers would tend to be stuff from like if you're pulling from people that are on mtv shows or Mm -hmm. like disney channel or stuff like that that's just like i yeah that's just not my world anymore so i'm way too out of touch to do this accurately Mm -hmm. and then let me tell you the rabbit hole i fell down when i started doing this was like because you think it's just as easy as like oh you'll brainstorm some actors and you plug them in and da 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 da. but here's the dilemma i face as i start thinking about this and and it occurs to me that you know, years ago, I used to work at a movie news site called Screen Rant. And some mm-hmm. of the around that time that I was writing for them, I had to write a couple of articles about this Buffy reboot that was potentially in the works. Right. There was going to yeah. be a film yeah. reboot, but it was it was from the producers who had done the original movie. So they still had the rights to the name and Buffy as a character, but they didn't have anything They they weren't allowed to use anything that had been created specifically for the tv show and so that meant no xander no willow Mm. that like it was gonna and you know i know once you the huge obstacle of like for the fans of even getting used to the idea of there being something buffy related without joss involved yeah and like but then the added obstacle of like and no scooby gang well what's the point and i remember feeling very alone in the opinion that okay well if they absolutely have to do this that is one aspect of it I think I'm okay with yeah. the idea that like, I don't want second rate Xander. Mm-hmm. Fair, I j- yeah. Just give me new, just give me new characters. Hmm. And then I started thinking about this too, that the challenge is that like, cause what my brain is going to want to do every time is think about characteristics of these, either the actors or the characters that, uh, that seem so essential to me or things that I love. And then I'm going to look for stuff that duplicates that. And when you go that route, again, you're just going to wind up with second rate versions that even if you right. brainstorm someone that you go, Oh, she's Allison Hannigan esque. Well, then you're still just going to go, but she's not Allison Hannigan. Right. And so any name I feel like I throw out here for any of these characters, anyone listening, you know, when you're this attached to something, you're just going to make a, a face like someone farted, like, Oh, what? Like, cause here's the other thing too, because I think the appeal in rebooting, like Buffy now, what I started thinking about was, okay, if I can't come up with actors that are going to compare to to what's already been established, what is a new way to go with this? Like if you're doing Buffy again now, it should be as different from the TV show as the TV show was from the movie. And that Buffy as a character should be as removed from Sarah Michelle Gellar as Sarah Michelle Gellar was from what Christy Swanson did. Right. And so trying to think about, okay, so who is Buffy Summers in 2016? What does that even look like? What does the show even look like if you do it now? And the one thing I think that really, see see what I, I'm sorry, guys. I can't just throw out a name because I'm an asshole. (laughs) But like, but this is what it wound up happening is like the majority of my notes wound up being about like, okay, well, I got to get all this out of the way first Mm. before I start thinking about actors. And I thought the really obvious way to go with it now would be this idea of, you know, millennials and uh, social justice warriors. And when you live in a world of like microaggressions and safe spaces and the idea that like Sunnydale High is a place where, you know, in the in this race to be the most progressive and and something that you it like the hypocrisy of like all these all these causes that are supposed to be you know, for this very selfless reason that are so completely selfish. You counter that with like this hell mouth that's sitting right underneath 
the school, this like underworld that's like festering that, that people aren't paying attention to and don't realize there's this growing problem because they've got their blinders on. I can see a version of Buffy where she is sort of like Cher in Clueless and where she is not the newcomer. She's not the outsider walking into the situation. She is firmly entrenched in it. And I'm thinking of Cher in the way that like she's leading, you know, she's got all these causes that she's leading without really understanding them and how funny but simultaneously frightening stuff like that is. And uh, and then I think your outsider character could be a Xander or a Willow who's transferring to the school from a more like corn fed or or like a small town and who's who's never heard words like woke or, you know, like social justice warrior. Like this is all totally new vernacular to them. And then, a, you know, a trajectory for Buffy that's more like that first movie where she starts out this very, very superficial character and then whose priorities have to change because of this this other threat that she didn't even know existed and doing the same kind of thing they did originally you know like these very relatable high school experiences and and keeping all of that stuff but also incorporating all of this more modern stuff stuff that didn't exist stuff that wasn't a part of the teenage experience the first time they did Buffy that makes the pill a little bit easier to swallow like if you're gonna redo something so beloved like at least Mm -hmm. if you've got this new take on it like honor everything that the you know the original show did that was so good about using these supernatural stories as like you know an excuse to tell stories about the very relatable teenage things like keep all that but then throw in some of this other stuff too stuff that feels that feels more current okay so you want actors who are not just going to do a version of what we've already seen you want someone who's going to come in and not be afraid to like redefine these roles well, that's the kind of thing you don't know it until you see it. That's right. the kind yeah, of casting yeah. announcement that sounds like yeah. dog shit at first. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the movie and mm-hmm. go, oh, Carl Urban is a fantastic Dr. McCoy. Yeah. Like it just, you don't know until you see. Yeah. So that was the challenge for me. Cause like, and I, and it, because I was trying to do that. I was like, oh, let me try and come at these characters from a different way. Mm-hmm. And inevitably I pick a name and I'm like, oh, obviously I chose that person because it reminds me of the person that's already on the show. Right. So that it was, it was just, this was really, this is an amazing question, way more challenging than I thought. Oh yeah. And I totally agree that like I was trying to be really creative and again, not typecasting and just like really, what is it about this actor? Like, you know, maybe put them in the opposite role than maybe Mm. a traditional casting director might put them in and or gender swap things I was yeah. doing some of that yeah. and it's just it's tough and I think Buffy was the one I had the hardest time Me, with yeah and it's like that's even what's crazy about that is just in between the movie and the tv show that blonde bimbo cheerleader thing that one joke premise that the original movie does as much as it can with even by the time the series rolled around you know they seemed to recognize that that was already a little passe that the whole mm. valley girl thing was like it was quickly becoming a relic of the previous generation and that wasn't going to fly anymore yeah the valley girl has kind of become the mean girl like what you think mm. about shows like gossip girl or pretty little liars like that holds true there's you're kind of always going to have the bitchy popular girl that's She's, you know, just like a valley girl. She's into makeup. She's into clothes. She's into boys. Right. But instead Mm. of being kind of dumb about it, she's just going to send you mean tweets. So did you guys cast Cordelia in your modern Buffy? I would. I want it to be just because I simply don't understand why she's famous. And I hope this would be a reason why Selena Gomez. Oh, yeah. I she kind of seems like a Cordelia, but also like. I don't know if she can act, so I didn't want to necessarily... I wanted to prove herself on this role. Fair. Okay. Um, I had either Sasha Pieters from Pretty Little Liars. Sure. 
Uh, or <laughs> Sarah Highland from Modern Family, the older sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally. I, but I feel like that's typecasting because she basically is playing Cordelia. Uh, how about Faith? Did you guys cast Faith? I don't know. I don't know who would be like a badass young woman right now that isn't like kind of already like a superstar for doing that. Sure. Like really like tough. I said Taylor Momsen because she's kind of considered like okay. the rebel of her celeb generation, mm -hmm. I guess. But yeah, this I feel like this was yeah. probably the hardest one for me. Yeah. I was I was thinking about um what's her name? Uh like Cara de la Baba. Oh, Carla de la from she was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, she was in that and like a couple other things cuz she at least like I mean, she has something in the eyes that reminds me of Faith in a mm, way, okay. but I mean, I she doesn't feel like to have this, uh, the same kind of like physicality of like being very predatory in that way. So I don't know. How about Spike? Spike, um, my immediate thought, because I know he can be uh, funny with weird hair, is Evan Peters. Who is? Uh, Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Okay, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I could I see could that. I totally see that. Yeah. He's been good in some stuff. Yeah. He actually has a chance to act. I like that idea. Yeah. Okay, so I did do this one, and I... Oh boy. All right. The other thing I was, the other rule I, I put on myself here is mm -hmm. I limit it to people that they might actually be able to get. So there are okay. no, like, like there's no world yeah. where Brie Larson or Jennifer Lawrence is mm -hmm. playing Buffy. Right, right. Coming at it from that angle, mm -hmm. I, this is, there were a couple answers where I, I even feel like that it's cheating a little bit. And with, so with Spike, this is one that's like really riding the line. Mm. Um, for Spike, I said Dan Stevens, who is the lead actor oh. and the guest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. He's actually somebody I've heard um, people talk about for potential next James Bonds, which I think I've is heard that too. Yeah, but yeah. he's actually British. He wouldn't have to fake the accent. Oh, there you go. I said Nicholas Holt. Oh. Oh. Okay. You're gonna hate that. I. This is my main thing that I know him from, but from Warm Bodies. Mm. I mean, mostly because I feel like James Marsters. Let's be honest. He's a little weird looking. Not necessarily classically handsome, and he's there's something just. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Well, those cheekbones, though. Mm. I mean, David Boreanaz <laughs> is definitely the more classically handsome. Hi, he's kind of caveman. -y. He's kind of a potato. Okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, there's potato. just, I think part of the thing of, of Spike is like, there's just something, it's the sense of humor that we all said, like, it's just so. I totally agree boring. with you that like the idea of like, I'm trying before I landed on Dan Stevens and totally betrayed this. I was thinking like, yeah, you don't want somebody classically, yeah. traditionally handsome. You, you want someone in interesting yes and someone exactly. and someone who's got a very who can have a very low-key intensity to them that even mm -hmm. when it's like a very casual intimate conversation there's still something under the surface there there's mm -hmm. like there's still that intensity and like and i and i think when i was thinking in terms of intensity that's how i eventually came around to dan stevens but like that, yeah. somebody who you're never quite sure which side he's on which side he's playing mm -hmm. that sort of ambiguity i also just i mean and it's the sense of humor too that like and uh, I'm going to go back to Warm Bodies. There are some real lines in Warm Bodies that are just throwaway lines that I laugh out loud at because I I No, he's him. a great actor. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, Angel. I went with kind of an easy choice on this one because he's basically already playing this character but in a different color. Uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow. That's exactly what I yep. know. And I, I even wrote in parentheses, so boring. Yeah. <laughs> I just, but it's like, or his brother too is while we're at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I actually get to him for some of the press. It's like, no, he's the less interesting Amell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Jeez. For Angel, I had Liam Hemsworth. 
I did consider him. Speaking of lesser siblings. Yeah. <laughs> the second you said the lesser, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the yeah, brother. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay. Willow. Bex Taylor Klaus. Jesus, dude. We have the same list. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Because this is when I was like, yeah. this is when I'm definitely going to go yeah. in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Yeah. She, yeah, I think, well, she was on, uh, she's on Scream. She's on that MTV show Scream. She was on one of the seasons of The Killing. Yeah. I was like, you're never going to out hannigan allison hannigan so i'm gonna go in a totally different Mm -hmm. way with willow and in terms of like a cool interesting sidekick she was like the first Mm -hmm. first actress that popped into my mind that's so crazy awesome (laughs) i was more thinking who because you guys know how i'm like super protective of willow because Mm. i want to just protect her and keep her happy so i said willow shields in hunger games she plays primrose oh okay the little sister oh okay I'm standing by that 100%. Like, I'm it's really not like just, a Tony Danza can- casting where you're just like, well, she already is going to answer that name. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect casting. I think she'd rock it out. I thought if you wanted to go more traditional, another option I had was Maisie Williams from oh, Game I of Thrones. Oh, I could see that. Arya Stark. I think that was the name that was on oh, the list that Ash Seriously? Sent. Yeah. Oh, oh crazy. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, if you saw a picture of her, just mm-hmm. the eyes, you would be like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Okay. But I'm right with Primrose. I'm just saying. Oh, it's oh. just I'm. It's oh, the correct sure. answer. To know we could be, be right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought no, it was. I know. win. Anyone know this was a game? Shit. All right. Uh, Xander. Uh, Xander. This is another one where like I have an answer, but I'm not really happy with it. Finn Whitrock, who was uh, he's been on a couple seasons of American Horror Story. He was in The Big Short because he's like I I find him like very funny and interesting, and he's like. Handsome, but not too handsome in that same kind of like Nicholas Brennan way where it's like, I could understand him in high school not getting a date. Yeah. But it's not like, he's not real high school ugly. He's Hollywood high school ugly. Right. right. Like he could. And the fact that like that. Nicholas Brennan is a very yeah. attractive man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got actually, I mean, you know, when he's got his shit together, just as a grown man, he's yeah. even better looking now that yeah. he's aged very well. Mm-hmm. Like when he's taking care of himself. Yeah. yeah. I had Dylan, I'm going to say this wrong, Minette mm-hmm. from Goosebumps. Uh, oh, oh, oh was she sure. like the and main he's in, kid? Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. breathe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. It's kind of like I just feel like he he would get the goofiness. Yeah, I could see that. And actually. he could. I mean, like again, Nicholas Brennan is an attractive man that like they play up with bad clothing, and then when he needs to be suave, Xander suddenly he's quite attractive, mm. and I can see Dylan Minnette hitting all the notes. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that wouldn't even have occurred to me. But yeah, that's pretty good. Mine is way too old and would never work. But uh, my, the answer I have is Donald Glover. I okay. wanted to put him in here somewhere, just anywhere. I think you could play young if you know, just in one of his shaving moods. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Danny Glover. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's aged pretty well. He's, he's I too really old for like. This I, shit. Maybe a bad guy, but like I, I was because he's right on the age. That I was like, I just want, I I love him, and I just want to cast him in here somewhere. He's he's just, and maybe it's it's too close to Troy mm-hmm. and Community, but like in terms of yeah, that same thing. The dude, it's like it's not a stereotype of of a nerd or an unpopular mm-hmm. kid, but it, you can see him as the kind of guy who maybe just slipped between the cracks, yeah. And, yeah. you know, in the social pecking order, and mm-hmm. and kind of just having a different but similar take on Xander. Yeah, yeah. I, I like could it. definitely see that. Giles. Uh, this is going to be one that, uh, it's definitely like a fantasy one. He would never do it, but it'll also sound 
dumb because you'd think like, oh, he's not going to be as nerdy. But if you watch a lot of his earlier stuff, I think he can be. And then, of course, he can make the uh, transition into Ripper and, you know, kind of badass version. Clive Owen. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Because especially in a lot of his earlier stuff, he did occasionally play like nerdier characters, uh, which they kind of shied away from because they realized that he was, you know, a handsome devil. He was for a long time the biggest potential bond everyone was talking about for a long time. I think he could really knock it out of the park. Yeah. 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 That dude definitely has that range. I had John Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) This is a more comedic take, I would have to say. I think it works. I, I just can't see him being Ripper, though. Yeah, no, I can. Okay. Gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. Chris can't bring it over here. I killed Chris. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think that was a funny answer. I was like, oh, this is a good one. I mean, that's good. Oh. I like it. I think it'd work. Okay. All right. Well, my first answer is like again, never, ever, ever going to yep. get him. But if they, had, if this had been a, if this had come up, you know, five, six years ago, maybe you would have had a shot keeping it in the Whedon verse. Uh, Ooh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. <gasps> Ooh, I could definitely see that. He's the friend Serenity. I love him, and when I just and I yep. think about you know the the qualities that I love about Giles, I, he can. I can see him hitting all of those notes and also just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. at the same time, totally different take on the character. I think he could play play all the all those aspects. And then I have another answer that I think might be more plausible, but still very exciting. David Tennant. Ooh, I would like that. Who yeah. is now older than Anthony yeah. Stewart Head was when he when they first started the That's show. Crazy. So oh it my could God. work. It's and now town. you guys here, let's do this. <laughs> four words. Yeah. David Tennant as Ripper. God, that's a dream come true. Can we? <laughs> I gotta fan myself here. <laughs> Mike's working up a sweat. Ooh, I don't believe I have this. <laughs> I want to see this Get show, man. I'd watch this coach. show. Um, oh. So I, I perked up when you said the Weed Inverse because in the list that Ash sent us, um, whoever wrote the article mm-hmm. said uh, Shepard Brooke. Oh, oh, okay. That was the only name yeah. on that that I was like, fair. No, that's a good one. Yeah, I could see because, yeah, and then it would be taking almost the. The opposite approach of like making him seem a little bit older, even, mm-hmm. which I think could be interesting too. Yeah. yeah. All right, drum roll. Oh boy, Buffy. My answer, um, and this is mostly from one movie I saw her in, Jane Levi, who was in the Evil Dead remake. Oh yeah, okay. and is in Don't Breathe, which again, I really want to see. Oh shit, that's good. Yeah, that's actually really good because I feel like she can both like she tends to play a little younger and she has like the the vulnerability and strength that i feel like you kind of need with this kind of character so yeah it's the best as i could come up with i like that one Mm -hmm. my boring answer i mean not boring i think it would i think it's a good one is l fanning i actually thought her yeah just a more traditional like kind of i could see her do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. smg did my answer that i'm standing behind is like the good one morgan freeman yep that one it's the voice um (laughs) is amanda stenberg who played rue in hunger games oh okay i know who you're talking about yeah so she helps katniss like she Mm -hmm. she proves herself to be a little bit of a badass but she's also vulnerable she's like a kid Mm -hmm. who doesn't love rue everyone loves rue i i think i'd be way more excited if i 
Seen we're it. familiar with those movies. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the first one. I just kind of yeah. forgot a lot of it. I, think I yeah. saw the first. Well, hot dog. Do I not have good answers for this? Uh, yeah. This was the hardest one. And so the only one I, I really got excited about is one that would be impossible mm-hmm. if we're trying to follow my own rules of who they could actually get. But the answer I was most excited about was Chloe Grace Moretz. That was I the person on Ash's list. Was it? I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Because all the other answers, it's like the, wherever my brain went, it's like, uh, Natalie Dormer, she's too old. Yeah. Mm. Like Sabrina Carpenter, maybe so from Girl Meets World. But mm. like I had to, because I was just Googling like Disney Channel shows. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know anything about like, is she a good actress? Yeah. I have no clue. But like Chloe Grace Moretz, I know is a good actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the only reason, like I read that on the list closer. and the only reason I shied away from it is like, eh, it's almost too obvious. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like, it's, she's, she's, Ooh. I mean, she does. She hits all the Buffy marks. Should be a good Anya, I think. Well, I can mm. see that too. My other like runner-up answer was mm. Molly Quinn from Castle, but I think she might be a little too old at this uh, point. Okay. What about Chloe Grace as Faith? I mean, I, as anything, I, yeah, I just yeah. I'm a fan of hers. She no, yeah, I, I, mean, yeah, I, I think she could pull it off. I, I just think couldn't she think has of anybody a lot that of range. Just like feels like Faith. Cool, good answer. So before we get into the episodes, I do have a few corrections, uh, courtesy of Facebook. Rose has pointed out that you and I keep calling Graham Grant. Oh. His name is Graham. Oh, okay. Which is funny because I keep saying how much I want to see more of him, but that just kind of goes to show how kind of forgettable he is. (laughs) Graham. Like the cracker, because he has no characteristics. You have to just put whatever you want onto him. (laughs) Also, Paul pointed out that the tracker on the dog gag. Yeah. Um, is actually for my zombie, not Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. The two shows that I'm really into, of course, I yeah. got them mixed up. Uh, and, and they both could very much have happened in either show. Sure, yeah. And they're basically the same show, so it's yeah. fine. Uh, and then our last correction is that Who Are You is the first time that Riley says, I love you. Oh, okay. So that's a big moment when he says that. Thank you, Stackers, for pointing those out. Keeping us honest. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, not Grant. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on Superstar. So this is that Molly Shannon movie? Yep. That's what I watched, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ferrell is a teenager. How about it? Uh, <laughs> works. <laughs> uh, so the gang is fighting some vamps, but like barely. Mm-hmm. Anya has no reaction to the mention of the word rabbits. I yeah. didn't notice that. Yeah. I wanted her to freak out. Yeah. But no. I, I, this must be too early for it to have them to have. Yeah. They, I, I, I read a website where like there's an interview with somebody and they're like, hey, why did this happen? Like, we just didn't realize it was going to be a running joke. Yeah, here I am watching the show going like, oh, never noticed that. That is something I just realizing that yeah. Jane Espenson wrote this episode. Yeah. yeah. That's probably something that's tweeted at her like twice a day. No, <laughs> poor Jay. <laughs> well, when you're dealing with fandom this intense, that's yeah. part of, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And yeah. It's the other side of the coin. The first inkling to me that something's wrong here is Buffy's grip on the stake. It's just so, mm-hmm. it's so girly. Just yeah. hold on to that thing. Um. With so it isn't until that point. Yeah, the listeners missed the hand motion there. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> I agree, Kristen. <laughs> no, we're not on where the wild things are yet. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. 
<laughs> Where do you see what fun skit we have planned for that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's more visual, so there's going to be a lot of descriptions, guys. <laughs> but yeah, six vamps. You couldn't possibly do that alone. <laughs> you know who we need? Swivel chair. <laughs> Jonathan, it's, it's such a great reveal. It's yeah, and I love how hard they commit to this concept. And I love yeah. that they use like James Bond music for a lot of his it's action. Great, yeah. It's great. And I know, like to think that this is like because it's not just it's yes, it's the spell that makes him whatever, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like his psyche. So he's clearly oh, into yeah, Bond, definitely. and he's yeah. clearly into MacGyver, right? And you can totally see that. I mean, the opening credits where they start splicing <laughs> them in, and it's even edited in such a way that yep. it's like there's a couple of them, and you're like, wait, yep. hey. And then by the end, it's just every other shot. Yep. Like, yeah. it just, it, like they, it, he stops being able to contain himself. I got super nerdy. I counted. There's uh, 10 different shots of Jonathan in the credits, 12 if you count each one of like the cutbacks to him with the cape. With the coat. Kind of, that, yeah. Oh, my God. That one makes me laugh out loud every time. <laughs> it's so good. And the thing is, like, you know, as the episode goes on, you realize they pulled some of these clips from the episode, mm-hmm. but there's just as many that they yeah. shot just yes. for the opening credits. How fun was that event? Like, not, not just for the actor, but for the writers, for the editors. They mm-hmm. must just be, like, sitting there, like, yeah. you know, rubbing their hands. They're like, ooh, this is going to be awesome, you guys. So Jonathan is coaching Buffy on her fighting, which is weird. It's just weird. Jonathan is totally dressed like Archer, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, he just thinks he's he thinks he's Archer. You know what's I what just occurred to me, this isn't in my notes or anything, but like thinking about the way this ep, you know, this episode starts and the way they you know, th- how much they commit to this premise, but then yeah. how long they're so patient mm-hmm. with how they all these questions start to get answered. And it's funny because an episode like this sets the stage for something like Dawn mm-hmm. later on. But even even the episode itself, it's the same thing yeah. where it gives you a tease that makes you go, what? Yeah. And then you spend the next 40 minutes waiting for an explanation. Mm-hmm. But the difference in like our our response to it, yeah. like why this one works so well and why that one is just a big giant bowl of what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think partly because it's 40 minutes and it's temporary. And, and also it's a character that we already know. True. Yeah. He's already won our good favor. Yeah. That's definitely a huge part of it. But like, but I wonder then if, you know, an episode like mm-hmm. this sets the expectation that that first Dawn episode is going to be this one and done. Oh, Obviously yeah. there's yeah. magic at play here. And then like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Because, but this is the episode that really introduces like, you know, how easy it is to you know to come up with a spell that like changes the world yeah. so dramatically mm-hmm. that this totally sets the stage not only for where his character is going to go mm-hmm. but it just into you know open the floodgates for all sorts of what's going to drive the yeah. next and season. a lot of stuff in angel too yeah especially later seasons of angel do you a lot of like everybody's memories and the reality is shifted isn't and, there yeah. a callback in angel to this idea of the shrimp yep oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. World. yeah i thought yeah. so okay because yeah, like, what angel travels to different worlds somebody went it's, to a bunch of different worlds I, and they have a callback to like yeah it's the, the god lady nothing but shrimp did you guys notice the set dressing in the background on every scene everything it's amazing the attention to detail. Um, and you know what's so, like, there's, like, really fun stuff, like the fact that the comic books are published by Dark Horse, which had the Buffy license at the time, still mm-hmm. does, and, like, and all of that stuff, the the basketball poster in Riley's room, and, like, yep. the, so according to Jane Espenson, 
they brought Danny Strong in for like, you know, the a day or two before they started shooting the episode to get all the photos of this stuff. And at that point, he still had no idea what the episode was. He hadn't read the script. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're just like, he's getting pulled from like this place to this place and do this and now do this. And he's just like, I'm what getting the, the sense my involvement in this one might be a little more substantial. <laughs> it's a little more than just the guy sitting down the stairs drinking a big gulp. <laughs> I just I love that they don't tell him. It's yeah. just, <laughs> it's a not to like harp on fashion because this is i'm going somewhere with this okay but we're fresh off of faith taking over buffy's body like fresh faith's signature look is always crimped curly hair buffy usually wears it straight and it's Mm -hmm. part of the way you can see something's wrong in when faith takes her over his she takes on um faith's look in these two episodes buffy's is still sporting faith's look do you think that's on purpose like, do you think that was just the costumer being like, I like this shit? Or do you think it's literally like there's some sort of remnants there? Or Buffy was kind of into the idea of like letting loose for a little bit. I wonder if the real world mm. answer is the same thing you can do to justify it in the show, which is exactly what you said. They gave her this look for that episode. She or someone else decided this actually, yeah. you look pretty just damn looked good. At her hair. I was like, I'll keep this for a and while. Then yeah. Buffy did the, in the show, Buffy yeah. does the same thing. You know what? Not bad. Yeah. Put you mm. in some pleather pants and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, why did we have you in hippie skirts? Yeah. That's totally wrong for you. Yeah. Especially when you have fatting vampires. Yeah. <laughs> give, her red, give her red and black leather jacket. Crimp her hair. She looks yeah. great. This spell is what is just, it's the shit. It's the <laughs> shitty spell. Here's why. Because it's not just him saying like, yeah. I want to be the slayer. Being the slayer is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. I would also like to be yeah. a slayer. That would be great. It's him saying, I'm going to be better than everyone at everything. Well, what I like about it and that makes it like we want this spell to be broken other than like, oh, this is fun and cool, is that he kind of can only do that by making everyone else slightly worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like everyone else is made worse to make him better. Right. It's not that just he's been elevated, but they've been brought down. Like Willow can't hack. Buffy can't slay. Giles can't play chess. Hmm. That, this is the first time I realized, like, just how much it's like, let somebody else have something. Well, why do you need to have? Why do you need to play chess? He's not in the Matrix. This is, yeah, Bill right. Whatever. What happened to the second phase of his career? The um, we weep for you, Keanu. <laughs> so this whole thing is obviously kind of like it's the whole Mary Sue idea, yeah. in fan fiction. Like, you know, you insert yourself into a property that you love and like if in suddenly okay so you write yourself into star trek the next generation and now you know better than captain picard and you're going on the away missions and saving riker's life and you just know everything that like there's that there's that tendency to do that and like and then so this is that played out on on a very large scale and it's also you know i I don't know if it's i have to imagine it's very knowingly you know kind of taking a shot at a certain subset of not just buffy fandom but any anything any property that has you know fans that are as into it that there's always there is always this kind of mentality to to some of it that it's just like to just come in and i'll show you how it's done and, mm, and it's like yeah. the idea that like fans of something you think you're peter vankman even mm. though you're probably really lewis tully yeah. like that sort or of slimer. a thing or, or slimer <laughs> but then but the part of this that i thought i was having a, a, a difficult time with as i watched it was like the, this is such a great idea but it's weird how it has to be. It's not a standalone episode. It's not mm. a one-off thing. It's still tied into the season-long arc. Mm. Yeah. And there are moments of that that start to feel super weird where you've just, like, 
Willow and uh, uh, Tara, mm-hmm. like they've just they've had a couple of big developments in the relationship. But now, according to Jonathan Spell, Willow likes guys again, specifically him. You're is right. into him again, and that's like sort of a minor one. But mm-hmm. then you get into big stuff, like man. He is Jonathan's involved in the initiative. Like he yeah. knows where the base is. He know he is now totally familiar with Adam. Maybe that's why they're so shitty, is that they they can't get along without Jonathan. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, just this whole time. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? It's weird that we've made Jonathan aware of the season's big bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he he's that knowledge. And the and the the weakness he identifies in Adam will be yeah. what they later yeah. use against mm-hmm. Adam. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, I mean, like it is magic, but the magic isn't like, it'll make you seem like the, this paragon or just, you will be it yeah. or to, but just to the, a spell that makes you like, not, it doesn't just accomplish this one goal, but makes you aware of every minute detail of everything going on Yeah. in Sunnydale, maybe the world at large. Like it, well, yeah, you can't be the smartest unless you have all the information. I guess it's just, that's such a, it's, you can even feel the episode struggling in certain parts though to like to push the season long story forward while also being this like amusing tangent that we're off on well i feel like season four i mean and we've said before that we like the season four monster of the weeks and the season long arc is weak but because i feel like they don't know what to do with adam and they're just wasting time until they can get to the finale it is like we have all these ideas for great monster of the week episodes but let's not let people forget Adams around. So there really yeah. are just shoehorning him in it there. It really is. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you could take his scenes out of this and it would change nothing. Yeah. You could take his scenes out of freaking um, Who Are You in This Year's Girl exactly. and it oh, would just God, be yes. better. And then yeah. I'm not even asking these questions because we really are just in this weird alternate reality for yeah. one episode. And you would totally forgive yeah. them for, mm-hmm. you know, if the continuity isn't yeah. totally in place. That's the whole I wouldn't point. Mind that. I wouldn't yeah. mind that. I, I don't have as much of a problem with it, though, because I kind of feel like the one of the conceits is that everything happened very similarly just jonathan was responsible like jonathan defeated the mayor and jonathan right you know uh got the class protector and like everything would still happen like it did except that he did all the cool stuff and buffy or and keanu reeves and everybody else didn't <laughs> <laughs> so using willow's hacking abilities they get schematics to the vamp nest mm-hmm. and um jonathan i do like this reveal of like they're talking about like oh, how am i going to get in that there's no back entrance and like oh I'll get in that way. And then he crashes through the ceiling. It was a pretty cool reveal. <laughs> um, uh, there was paparazzi outside, which is weird that a slayer like is supposed to have a secret identity yeah. and they're a celebrity. But of course, if you're Jonathan, it's not worth doing unless... Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and I also think like people must just follow him around all the time. So like he probably just got got found doing slayery stuff because he was so famous in this alternate universe. So yeah. everyone knows because the super fame, it would be like if all of a sudden, you know, LeBron James fought vampires in this, in his free time. <laughs> like, I think we'd figure something out is, is going on. <laughs> uh, they run into spike. I do like the line. Jonathan is fluffy battle kittens. Yeah. So James Marsder's is not a tall guy. You just posted a photo you took with him at some at a Comic-Con. Yeah, he's like my height. Yeah. And then in this scene he is towering over Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, well that, so in general like when you see him next to Riley, like everyone's always towering over him. They play it for laughs. It's like intentional. Sure, and the yeah. general at the initiative like yeah, yeah, but it's just but this one really threw me cuz it's like if there's one thing I know about James Marsters 
Well, but how tall is like I'm like is Jonathan as tall as me? Is he because he is a short guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I be I did not pay attention to him next to Buffy if they're similar heights. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't pay attention. I should ask my mom. She knows celebrity heights. Does she? It's a running joke in our family because she was reading some random news article like. 15 years ago because it had Haley Joel Osment and Michael Clark Duncan um, and their respective heights. It was some, I think it was some Oscar article or something. Okay. Uh, Year of Sixth Sense. And uh, we were like, what, what are you reading about that? I was like, oh, it's interesting celebrity heights. <laughs> and so whenever, you know, that comes up, it's like, hey, mom, how do you, how tall do you think Paul Rudd is? Will she know? And she gives a pretty, what sounds like a good uh, estimate. <laughs> I haven't checked her, but she seems to be on the ball. <laughs> Later, Willow is giving Tara the lowdown on all the action. This is kind of an exposition-y scene. Yeah. Buffy's still uh, wigged over the Faith body switching. That's This is what I mean about it. It's in continuity and it's not at the same time. Yeah. But this is a weird detail to have left over only because if you're thinking about it in terms of the intention behind Jonathan's spell and the kind of world he wants to live in, how is this not a world where Buffy is in love with him too? That she, but that it's still okay for her to be he with Riley. Also, why would Faith switch bodies with Buffy? Wouldn't she want to switch bodies with Jonathan? She don't want no dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. I mean, she doesn't want to have. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to have access to them, but not 24 hours. Um, but yeah, I never realized that before. Like, It's just like when he's sitting there giving her and him relationship advice the only thing i'm wondering is like you have every they, we've made a point of showing how every other woman in this world mm. is falling really over herself here. trying to get to him or is thinking about him or pining for him but not buffy buffy still gets to have a relationship with riley where you think the whole point of this is guys like riley don't get the girl for yeah. once he gets the girl I don't think he's ever shown that he has like a crush on Buffy. And I think he's After more earshot. Into... She said he, he keeps looking at me like he's going to ask me to prom. But I mean, there's that. But even if he didn't, there's still again, it's the fact that it's every other yeah woman here, regardless of whether or not he it's reciprocated. It's just the idea. It's like uh, he just wants to know that. Well, but she does like she's when she's going through the calendar, she's like, ooh, I know. Oh, I, yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's just the the fact that we're still we're still dealing with the fallout from the last episode with Buffy and Riley, which it feels like this is another thing that it's like, maybe just let's just hit the pause button on, on continuity for this episode, yeah. take this tangent. And then that stuff will all still be there. I mean, it, look, I love the ending of it. I love the last thing he says to her. I don't, I don't mean to jump ahead, but mm. the whole idea about like, you know, I'm having, it's getting a little hazy, but I think what I told you, I think it's true. And how the same lesson sort of applies to both of them. It's a very, very beautiful moment. It's just, it's just a question that kept popping up every time. Buffy and Riley were doing their mm-hmm. their sad dance, and it might also just be that he he found more pleasure in taking on kind of like the mentor role with her because he can already get whatever woman he wants. So maybe in that world, it's not as appealing to like get this like you know hot girl from his high school when he could have you know Swedish supermodels. That's a nut- let's keep that in mind because that's something I want to talk about as we get closer to the end too. Uh, so Tara and Willow are putting together this Jonathan collage. Again, so greedy. Creepy. Let the les like you don't need every woman. Let the lesbians be lesbians. Well, I think it's it's like it's beyond sexuality because people who like Xander is turned on by Jonathan, yeah. and we have no indication throughout any of the series that he likes anything but vagina. That's true. That's a good point. 
Uh, we go to Riley's dorm where the, your your favorite poster, Mike, it's Where gone. are the balls? No more balls. Guys, where are the balls? <laughs> <laughs> the balls poster is now a Jonathan poster. <laughs> Should be a picture of Jonathan's balls. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think a WB would have had that? No. I have to say that the other aspect of the whole like Buffy Riley stuff is like, is somebody who is jumping in and out of this show like as i'm coming on the podcast to talk about it so yeah. like you know i remember the broad strokes and there's little details here and there to go like oh right this is where we're at at this point in the season this stuff like this really highlights how any serialized story will eventually fall into like soap opera mm-hmm. theatrics that it's inevitable and it totally works when you're following it and it's all in context but when you just jump in right in the middle of a season and buffy and Ry- riley are having this conversation about like he had sex with Buffy, but it was faith in her body, and it just, and they're having like a really serious discussion about it. And you're like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's like those scenes in the Zeppo. Well, I would argue, like as people who live in an apartment and like are we're often overhearing other couples fighting, like everything kind of sounds like a dumb soap. Like <laughs> it's no, no, real no, life, the, and we're rolling our eyes at. I'm talking just the but just the concept, the fact yeah. that now mm-hmm. the show is stretched on long enough that for the sake of drama, this is where we're at. I got is that. The, yeah. yeah. Body swap sex. <laughs> it is weird that the body swap is right next to like reality shift. They seem not like they're the same, but they're like a similar kind of mm. mood of episode where like everything's different for this episode. Yeah. It's always weird to me when genre shows do that stuff. So Buffy's uncomfortable with any sort of physical closeness with Riley because mm. them hands beat touch in faith. So she she bails. That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really. That man's be touching faith. Every time he, every time he reaches for it, the man's, man's be touching faith. You dig? <laughs> he shaft now, <laughs> and he do. No, he's just very religious. Touch faith. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so they uh, <laughs> there's a meeting at the initiative. For both of you, I means like it's a double the disappointed uh. side. <laughs> Ooh, it's in stereo this week. (laughs) Uh, Later, Buffy makes Jonathan's coffee for him. I know, right? I'm not sure if I just never noticed it before, but it like grossed me out this time. It's it's not enough that you make her a worse layer or that you take over her job. Now she has to serve you. And right after that line in the Riley scene where she says um, something about, uh, I just want to be given a chance. I felt that way my entire life. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's so sad. And then seeing her just making coffee for him. I feel mm-hmm. so bad for alternate universe Buffy. I know. Mm. Uh, she opens up to Jonathan about Riley. And he points out, is it really, are you really upset that he slept with Faith? Or are you upset that he couldn't tell it wasn't you? Mm. I feel like the second one would definitely upset me more. That, like, I get you got tricked, but also, like, I recognize Giles just from his eyes. So, your move. Riley recognized Giles just from his eyes, is what you're saying? No. Are you saying that that Riley and Giles had sex? You don't bring your slash fiction into this. (laughs) I get confused. Riles. That's not canon. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, the Buffy, like, if I were Buffy, I would understand and mm. being that, like, yes, you got tricked. And it's not that I'm saying, yeah. like, it's your fault that you get tri- got tricked or you wanted to have mm. sex with Faith. But also, like, 
shouldn't you like if I could tell who Giles was just by looking at his mm-hmm. eyes, shouldn't you have been able to tell like, hey, this ain't Buffy. She is not acting like Buffy. Like, what what mm-hmm. connection do we have if you can't even tell if it's not really me? Yeah. Wait, but I would argue like Riley does not really believe in magic. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, also, he's not the brightest. Yeah. He's not. But it, it, yeah, like this, he, this isn't his type of world where he's like magic is a normal thing. He, I mean, it is a normal thing he interacts with, but he tends to ignore it. We meet Karen, the fangirl. Uh, excuse me. Karen with a K. Karen with a K. Isn't it always? Yeah. I don't know if it's ever with a C. I mean, like Kathy could be with a C, but yeah. I don't think Karen's ever with the. I, I, I didn't catch that until this watching. I was like, I guess it's a way to, you know, remember the character better, but it's always with a K. I've never heard of a Karen without a K. May, I think she's just nervous because it's yeah. Jonathan. And like when you meet someone and you're like, I said something dumb. Yeah, I thought that was like part of the, yeah. or that was the joke. Yeah. But yeah. She wants to get her book signed. Uh, I do like Jonathan's line. If you really want it, you can make anything happen. And right behind him is the billboard implying that yeah. he made it happen. <laughs> Light as a feather. <laughs> So it says That's what it says. Board. Oh, okay. I was like, stiff as a board. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> he is also the new commanding officer of the initiative. <laughs> they're basically... Well, he's a consultant. Sorry, yes. He's a consultant, but there is a new commanding uh, officer. Yeah, right? Avalant. Yeah. Their base looks like a high school gymnasium. It's the, it We've is. We've talked it's about this. covered it's, in tinfoil. It's yeah. just... Oh, I think, geez, yeah. With the random pit in the middle that, like, why would you just have a, a big warehouse and with again, a pit? just one line of this is, we modified this space that used to be blank, blank, blank. Whatever. But if it's supposed to be purpose-built, what the fuck? Yeah. It's awful. They just It's a great idea that they just don't have the budget for. No. Yeah. yeah they didn't. But the, the, the cells are good. Like, yeah. when you see Spike mm-hmm. backed up, that is, that's a legit set. Mm-hmm. They must have borrowed somebody else's. <laughs> just, oh, we just had this line around. This is from an old uh, Next Generation Star Trek episode. <laughs> Could be. I'm going to be watching TV one day and be like, motherfucker, that's the, the initiative. That's the brig of the Enterprise. What in the world? <laughs> this was a weird episode of uh, Just Shoot Me. <laughs> <laughs> they just said, get me out. My brain is doing flip-flops trying to make that work. <laughs> We get the cute physical gag of um, Jonathan standing next to the super tall commanding officer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the same shot. <laughs> um, we learn that Adam's powered by uranium, which Although, I, I think is going to come up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it does. It's towards yeah. the end. Um, it's weird that the illustration they show, he's like, it's right here. There's nothing in the illustration to show that. Nope. I mean, I guess he could have found it in a different source but it seems weird like here this evidence right here <laughs> just trust me it's not actually on this picture <laughs> where did maggie walsh get uranium just she got the initiative they can you know request stuff forms meanwhile karen is stalking jonathan's house i mean she is straight up that's creepy as shit yeah. he's just sitting out there in those bushes in the rain mm-hmm. she gets attacked by Big Arm Randy. Oh, the creature with the... Oh, man. Creature designs that have the extra long arms. Yeah. Fuck off, please, and thank you. <laughs> I just like the Slender Man stuff. Yeah. It's, just, it's like creepy for that reason. Yeah. This is a... That really sells the illusion of just... It's not just like a, a dude in latex. Yeah. Mm. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Does it not look a little like the tow truck driver from Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Yeah, in the face. I could see that. Yeah. 
he's so misunderstood. He just wants someone to fuck his wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's doing. Poor guy. Jonathan tells Riley that Buffy is scared. Um, I think points to Riley for immediately being super upset by that. Like, whoa, she's scared of me. Like that's, I mean, like that's an upsetting thought. Hmm. Um, but also points to Jonathan for his insight. She's scared of being compared, which I think is must be true. Like that would be... <laughs> that would be a tiny duck. Let it out. <laughs> oh, you gotta kill it first, and then you eat the duck. What was oh, that? that's mean. <laughs> Fucking noise just came out of me. Um, that is exactly where your mind would go mm. if this were to happen. Uh, and you get the William Tell with a gun. Yeah. Why? That's just <laughs> a show-off move, but it seems to be like, here, I gotta you know, do my training where I endanger people's lives to show how cool I am. That's a great cut, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, you just see them with the apples and you go oh no and then it cuts it's so great this bell like wears off as he's shooting he's just a murderer it's swing night at the bronze I guess oh it was the late 90s Hmm. that's true I was more thinking because Jonathan's into like this more retro thing with mm-hmm. MacGyver and Bond that maybe he just he's really into big band music. This it's, was also definitely yeah. a trend right at this. Yeah. Like for a That's few true, years yeah. there. This was big. This was big again. This is also the part where Riley turns to Buffy as Xander and Anya are arguing. And he's like, like some couple, huh? Or he's like, you think they're going to make it? They can hear you. They yeah. are as yeah. close as we are all right also, now. Also, Glasshouse is really, really, just really, right. just shut up. That's the thing. It's like, let's gossip about another couple because we're perfect. Yeah. Like, you think that's going to make your relationship stronger? Glasshouse is bitch. <laughs> uh, but they're funny because Anya said Jonathan during sex, which is. She funny. moaned. She yeah. moaned. No. Jonathan. It was like, uh. Did that ever happen to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> So Riley asked Buffy to dance. I like just it. I mean, you win me over when you put the hand out to take yeah. someone to the dance floor. It's this goes back to Riley saying, "I've never courted a girl like Buffy." Like he's courting. It's yeah. adorable. Jonathan sings with the voice of Aladdin. It's okay. This was my next question. Is this really him singing or no? Is, no. It's a guy named Brad Kane who did the singing for Aladdin. He's also in another episode of Buffy. Yeah, he's in. I want to say the prom. Yes. Oh. Yeah. He's not Tucker, is he? Uh, I don't He's think so. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> He's Gramped. <laughs> Karen shows up at the bronze looking for Jonathan's help uh, and identifies a symbol on her attacker, which is a Horcrux. Illuminati. It's a Horcrux. Illuminati. It's Voldemort. Voldemort killed. It's it, it, attacked her. What do you call him? Is that duck coming up again? <laughs> Who's Voldemort? <laughs> He's the Olympian yeah, in say, the family. I really He's a lot of pole vaulting with no nose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the time when I really wish I could do like uh, the Donald Duck voice and save Baltimore with that. <laughs> the Donald Duck voice. Uh, I can't, but imagine that I did. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's uh, a that recipe for any good joke. <laughs> you, just, you, you do it, listener. So there's like a guy walks into a bar and something funny happens. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been funny if I had done that? 
<laughs> cast a spell, create I had that no world. Idea how to do that. Oh, do no. No. <laughs> what the hell? Well done. Well done. Hit the brakes. Everybody stop. Splendor, man. Let's give that the attention it deserves. <laughs> we're gonna need a we're gonna need a take two on that business. Nope. No, Kristen. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, yeah. We are working this out now. <laughs> This is gonna be the rest of the Here, episode. We won't look at you. Give us another. <laughs> give us another version of whatever that was. But so okay. Now it, this is this is Donald Duck saying Voldemort. Let's give it a. Uh, <laughs> um. Voldemort. <laughs> Why do people do that? Not like that. <laughs> I can do a Donald Duck sound, but I can't make words with it. Like, I can mm. do the... <laughs> there you go. No, no, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> hey. Why'd you have to shame me? You could have just done it. You can edit this so that that's just what you yeah. can do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and pulling a Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over. Usually it's the actual like audio of Donald Duck. And just insert it, and then we're we're just like weird assholes who are making fun of your spot on. What jerks talk. these guys are, huh? <laughs> uh, so Jonathan, uh, it's going to take care of it. No need to worry about it. Move along. It's fine. Don't worry. Adam is here. <laughs> that's, that's about how I feel. That's it. I do like the idea that he's the only one that understands the illusion sure. that's not bad villain hype that concept is kind of cool like he's so powerful he's the only one who isn't tricked by this illusion if it wasn't in like a lame library <laughs> set with just one random vampire dude kind of hanging out yeah. it would be a lot more effective and he's just so he's just sitting there and the lines he gets a line of dialogue that is no demon hit has ever been as awake or alive as i am because the vampire asks how do you how can yeah. you tell and but the line delivery of that, like the the way Adam says it, no demon has ever been as awake or alive as I am. I'm all amped up. Well, he is a robot. I'm so on fire. <laughs> Forgive me for flying off the handle like this. <laughs> if he's so awake, why the hell doesn't he get rid of that leg brace? I mean, I would like this better if the explanation was because he was part machine. The like, I've never been more awake seems cheesy as fuck. I want him to be like science. I have mechanical parts that you can't fool. I, I I disagree. I think it's it's more cool if like he's it, it is him being so powerful he can't be tricked. Yeah. But I feel like the execution is just so lame. Mm. That's yeah, that's my totally. problem with it. I, yeah, I think it's a it is a cool idea that he would be the one guy. Mm -hmm. So like he's just not looking at the world the same way the rest of us are, yeah. and that he can sense when some like he can see when some not even sense he can flat out see when something's mm -hmm. been changed. And I and I actually do like the part where. The one, the vampire that's looking at all these TV monitors, yeah. about like, oh, it's Jonathan, Jonathan's Jonathan, yeah. and just that matter-of-fact delivery mm -hmm. of it's like these are all lies, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and in a way that like it's like it's just occurring to him that wait, wait, you don't see this too? Yeah. yeah. What I really hate about this scene is, well, I mean, like Adam's plan of like I am not going to do anything. Oh, again, the same way yeah. you didn't do shit when Faith was in town. You well, suck. Thanks for stopping by, yeah. Adam. So glad we got a reminder that you exist. Because you know what the smart thing would be to look to, forward to. is uh, kill the Slayer now because she's weak. Right? Mm. That would be like a smart what? thing uh, that a smart character would do. Dumb, dumb. Yeah, he sucks. So we see Jonathan again. He's with some Swedish model twins in lingerie. Yeah. 
I understand they probably couldn't, but I think it would have been more effective if it was like a really famous hot celebrity. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. would have been more effective. And th- the person like was playing themselves. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. But this, I mean, this to me says like why like Buffy can be attracted to him, but doesn't need to be like throwing herself at him yeah. because frankly, at this point, he can do better. Well, but this, and this is something I kind of, I know they don't necessarily have the screen time to dedicate to this, but it feels like what I was really expecting is this wound down was not just that he is thwarted because they figure out how to end the spell and then it's all just over. But that part of it was like this poor guy, because there is like this very tragic element to this story and to this character, like this, this poor guy, he creates this like fantasy world where everything's supposed to be perfect and he thinks he has everything he's ever wanted. But then just like how utterly boring that would be after a while. And how there are certain things you miss that you didn't count on missing or how mm. empty all of this feels. And actually the fact that they bring, they're bringing the matrix up as a joke, I realized, but it didn't, it felt like, oh, this isn't an accident because mm. part of the dilemma here for him is going to be, yeah. he knows he's the only one who knows it's not real. Yeah. That there are certain things that are, that are a lot of fun and very cool, but at a certain point, all of this is so totally mm-hmm. empty. And then what do you do when you have everything you ever wanted and you still don't feel complete? And then I thought that I, my memory was that the monster was more tied into that idea. Mm. And that for Jonathan, it wasn't so much of an, oh, darn, you figured it out, as it was him surrendering of giving up a, on this idea and yeah. sort of saying like, and helping to facilitate all of this you know, come crashing down. But yeah, I think one, one criticism of this episode, which I do really enjoy is that it does kind of wind down very quickly. Yeah. Like there's not, it, once they kind of figure it out, it just kind of like Jonathan's like, uh, and it ends. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really get to see a lot of him making that decision towards the end. Tara is alone in the dorm. Amber Benson is a very pretty person. Mm-hmm. Like they're going out of their way to not make her look attractive on this show. Mm. Like they're just dressing her very unflatteringly. I think some of that might be on purpose that she's very like introverted and she doesn't like present herself to like her fullest ca- capacity, if that makes sense. But I feel mm. like Willow season two was mm-hmm. like, it's not like they were actively trying to fight her natural, like just mm-hmm. Allison Hannigan, no makeup and a t-shirt. Yeah. It's very pretty. I think Amber Benson, no makeup and a t-shirt, it's very pretty. It's like they're going out of her way to be like, no, she can't look good. I do like the idea. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you said is true. But also like what what Mike is saying, the idea that if a character who, if the MO isn't let's make her frumpy, but just, but this is somebody who's kind of hiding, who's sort of withdrawn, who feels safe in like big unflattering mm-hmm. clothes because it's just it's more of a she doesn't want to be shield. visible by yeah. being yeah as as pretty as she naturally would be that's fair and maybe some of it's like misguided maybe yeah. there's like a you know there's a way that we can sell that idea without mm-hmm. calling as much attention to yeah. it no you guys are totally right i always look at this and just kind of feel bad for the actress of being of like, like that just kind of sucks that you you're like you're like, hot and they're trying to make you not yeah that's it but even that you have to look hot but just like they're just really not they're not doing you any favors on this show that's Mm. not nice you're a very pretty person but you're right it's i mean it's totally in character so she's attacked by the monster with the big arms Mm -hmm. she casts a fog spell fog hands (laughs) kind of like spider-man-esque yeah it does look kind of seem to come out of the it's definitely a tube up her sleeve oh oh 100 (laughs) percent. she's not really doing that (laughs) (laughs) you didn't cast her because she has fog hands i thought for sure that one in the casting notice requirement She hides in a janitor's closet and then eventually gives the same description that Karen did. Horcrux. So you're saying she was trapped in the closet? 
<laughs> You're so proud. <laughs> oh, you should talk. <laughs> oh, oh, the face this one makes every time she she tells a joke and the couch starts vibrating because she's laughing so hard at her own joke. Oh, so proud. Uh. Xander's not here. Now, if that's an abrupt transition, <laughs> it's because that's 100% the way it plays in the episode. Yeah. So Buffy goes to look for through Xander's stuff, which why? That's never really explained to me. I th- I think she she knows in the Jonathan verse, Xander is like the biggest Jonathan fan. So if there's so something. If there's something that's inconsistent that she can find out about Jonathan, that's the place to go. Yeah. But Chris is right. It cuts just right to this. Yeah. There's not any. Which considering like. All they needed was because they show there's like a, a scene of her walking and then all you. All those posters. Yeah. Right. And then instead of just cutting straight to a close-up of Anya, all you need is the door opening. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's all that's missing. And well, and this is just because this <laughs> series <laughs> tends to have like such really cool transition or like mm-hmm. not even cool transitions, but like funny transitions yeah. that like I almost never notice a transition in a TV show. And the, how many times a week am I like funny smash cut? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Editing joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah, super uh, abrupt. But this is what I... Okay, so the trading cards, yeah. I love, though, because the idea of trading cards would be collect them all. In this instance, you get one, got them, <laughs> done. Well, it's, him and it's, it's like when they had trading cards for movies, and it would just be like every scene from a movie and like different outfits for the same I, it's character. Just, it's just so funny that like it's... There's one. Just a hundred Jonathans. <laughs> like Pokemon and it's all Pikachu. Right. But I mean, it's perfectly in line with the, yeah, yeah I, I get it, but it's just, uh, um, ends up deciding to just talk to Anya for a bit about the idea of, Hey, you granted wishes. What if you wish for a whole new world? And I'm, I'm, a whole oh. new world. Wow. <laughs> Dazzling place. And that makes sense. Cause Brad Kane was right. the singing voice. It all connects. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys plan that? (laughs) No. Every single person listening heard that song the second you said those words. Um, So uh, Anya explains all the different types of wishes you could do. One of which is you could wish for a world without shrimp or a world of nothing but shrimp, which becomes a running joke in the Whedonverse. You know, here's something else I was thinking, too, as the episode unfolded, was that based on what's going on with Xander and Anya... He should have been the most excited about the possibility that Jonathan's not everything he says he is. I think there's like a never explicitly said thing where the the spell's effect is more effective the less kind of strong a person is. Mm. And I think like Xander, as you know, especially you get proved in the next season with Dracula, um, for as a likable character as he is, he's not very strong willed. Yeah. Mm. It's a little dumb. In some ways. And so I feel like it's just the spell is so much more effective on him because he's less aware. That makes just sense. Just like Adam is more aware. <laughs> that makes as far as spells go. Yeah. This checks out. <laughs> Doing the math on these spells. <laughs> yeah. I also felt like part of the thing was that Xander just really enjoyed being close to someone this amazing. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. like like that I have this friend that, oh, my God, I'm friends with someone this amazing. And if that person's not that amazing, then you're not as amazing by association. Mm. It's also like when couples have they like the understanding of okay, here's the one your person, yeah, your yeah. free pass, and for obviously for Anya, it's Jonathan. 
Which would be probably rough. For that Xander person's too. there all the time. <laughs> probably for Xander too. True. I feel like if this episode was made today, there would definitely be a three-way joke. Oh, there'd have to be. Yeah. <laughs> Mandate. Network <laughs> note. Listen. Yes. There's no three-way joke in here. How they got to run a train on Jonathan at some point. <laughs> Just, uh, the whole Scooby gang. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> so Buffy holds a meeting at Giles, which I like the gag that like... You're running the meeting? Like, when's yeah. Jonathan going to get here to start the meeting? <laughs> Buffy's worried that you, she can't trust her memories, mm-hmm. that this reality isn't real. I, I love when Anya tries to do the shrimp thing, and then Buffy takes it away from uh, her and says pawns, and then just very casually, Anya's more like prawns. prawns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a really that. good line delivery. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. And the way she takes that and she turns to her, seriously? <laughs> So what is it that starts Buffy to be the one that gets the inkling that this isn't the right world? Actually, I think tying into what Mike just said, the fact that if Xander is is not strong-willed enough, you know, to counter the effects of this spell, if anyone is is going to get the sense that something is amiss here, it's definitely going to be Buffy. Mm. Uh, but I guess I'm like I'm guess I'm looking for like the exact moment that she gets an inkling. I guess that that's it's the um, when he's Illuminati triangle yeah when he brushes off karen's mm-hmm. attack and she's like well that's a little weird but yeah it's only because yeah she's strong-willed that she's like is able to recognize like something just doesn't feel right right yeah. and then yeah. you kind of run with that and yeah i do like the like but i'm the slayer that should mean something mm, oh yeah you go you yeah you, you slay you kill the best <laughs> not actually looking for validation now <laughs> They find the Jonathan swimsuit calendar, which shows the Horcrux. Oh score. man, that's one of the best exchanges <laughs> in the entire episode. <laughs> do, you, do you have the Jonathan swimsuit calendar? No. Yes. <laughs> it was Skipped. a gift. <laughs> Jonathan claims he got the tattoo to remind him not to underestimate the creature. Except it's so clearly not yeah. a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. It's, You've been branded. Yeah. I, I, I think it's probably just like <laughs> nobody would have known any kind of terminology to use for it like i got the sweet body mod to remind me of it bro yep bros are totally known for getting body mods just imagining that like bros with fake horns check out my new tail bro (laughs) 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 jonathan shows up and buffy convinces him that they should go look for this creature let's go get him they run into spike who they take turns threatening um i like when buffy takes her turn he's like what you don't you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then she makes a really good threat. Like I, Jonathan may cut off your blood supply. Like that is, yeah. that's like, Oh, that's really that is cool. underhanded. You go. Mm-hmm. Willow. Meanwhile, finds uh, that Horcrux symbol in a book. Xander speaks that in front of the book. So it catches on fire. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love how like, like blade it is. Book fire, Librum and Cindere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't speak Latin in front of the books. <laughs> Jonathan is the best of everything. The gang recognizes that if Muffy, if Muffy. (laughs) (laughs) This is a sexy episode. (laughs) If Muffy defeats the monster, uh, this Jonathan Mirage will also be destroyed. So it's in Jonathan's best interest that Buffy not succeed. Mm -hmm. And this is like a dun, dun, dun moment that like, oh shit, he is not going to let her win. And has not come up <laughs> at all. Like that's mm-hmm. no. Nope. It's like kind of hinted at, but yeah, they don't give it much time. Yeah, well, it, it's more like you think it might because he's acting shady. That you're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's gonna throw Buffy in the chasm, and then nope, nope, that's not a thing. 
Uh, the more she hurts the monster, the more Jonathan reverts to his cowardly self, and he helps her. Um, I think we've missed a very important element. Yes. Uh, Riley gets a dick joke. Do you guys notice this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they talk about, like, augmented, and Riley's like, augmented how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Riley gets a dick joke. I love it. <laughs> this is, but, you know, Mike, you said earlier that the, the ending of this feels a little rushed, or they're mm-hmm. just, and yeah, this is... This is all part of it. The, yeah. the finale of this, it just it just kind of ends. And I was hoping that there was going to be, I mean, not that there's no connection between the mm-hmm. monster and Jonathan and how all this works. I just, just something a little cooler, a little clearer mm-hmm. about the function. Like the this monster feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Feels like it could have. Yeah, even just like a little bit more time of seeing Jonathan actually making the decision not to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Giving lines to it in some way or, you know. I even I actually think the, the even go further with it. Not that not even that Jonathan's mm-hmm. choosing to make the right decision, but that because the monster knocks him out, like he yeah. is actually going to attack Buffy, but because the monster knocks him out of the way, he's unconscious, and Buffy gets a few hit, few hits in. So it's not that Jonathan's helping her; it's that he's losing. His, he's just getting more scared because he's getting to be more of a weakling coward. I think that makes him too. Too unforgivable. Yeah, yeah that's and that's the problem with why you can't have him. Even though they set it up that he's going to throw Buffy into that chasm, that's why they can't do it. Because if he even attempts it, and obviously she would have to come back from that. That's not how this series ends. <laughs> but like, like that's something that when you get back to the when reality is restored, you don't come back from like that. You, that's unforgivable. And the other, but like. The other way you could use this monster is, and maybe this is really cheesy, but something along the lines of like, if because in this reality that Jonathan's created, if this version of Buffy is weaker to help prop you up and you know this, she's way outmatched with this monster and you, you entertain this idea of like, let's go hunt the monster, knowing that actually this would be a really great opportunity to just get rid of this one person who's about to blow the whole thing. So then you like, and you just step back and let the monster do what it's going to do as Buffy's calling for help. And it just gets to a point where it's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I think like that's so much cleaner and they kind of like hint that that might be a thing that's going to happen. And then it just just doesn't. Yeah. I guess I'm okay with Jonathan kind being a dick because the watching it this time around, the dick headedness of this spell is hitting me more Mm -hmm. this time that I'm like, well, this is, I mean like, cause you're not just, Oh wow. I love, I, you know, Buffy's so cool. I wouldn't be Buffy. You wouldn't be fucking everyone. And you're, you're, you're just such an asshole. Not only that, the next time we see him, correct me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong. The next time we see him, he's coming back as a bad guy. Well, I mean, as much. Okay, as... but 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 the great thing about the trio as villains is that they they're not a hundred percent bad from like at the the start. It's mm-hmm. like it's the the whole one of the really great things about that season is the way Warren transitions over the course and the way the other two start to kind of figure out like this is going a little further than we anticipated. So he's never like a straight up bad guy. And what I and and the thing about him being a dickhead. Maybe, but I think what's really beautiful about this episode is when you talk about episodes of Buffy that take really relatable, you know, teenage experiences and then they put this like supernatural twist on them. If you have ever been someone who was looking at the cool kids from afar, mm-hmm. there you probably did maybe have fantasies about how you could get in good with that crowd. Or if yeah. there was a an unattainable crush of yours, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you concoct these fantasies about yeah. like how it might how it might happen. And like I know when I was like in fifth grade, there was this girl Heather I had a crush on. And I saw this episode of Family Matters <laughs> where Rachel's restaurant caught fire and I thought to myself, that is the ticket. If my school caught fire and listen, this was not this story doesn't end with me trying 
trying to light our school on fire. <laughs> but I but I did. I had this fantasy that the school caught on fire and I had to save Heather from the fire and I would like carry her out in my arms. And then of course, because like this keeps coming up, this idea that I reflect on memories where I'm like, Jesus, yeah, this was so ingrained in me. This idea that like they're prizes, that it's just like they're there to to be won, or that like, you know, now I you know, I I des- I'm deserving of your affection because mm-hmm. I, I did this, that, and the other thing. And and to think about as shitty as, as those impulses were and I, and you know it and that stuff needs to be corrected or mm-hmm. you know at some point the idea that this stuff it doesn't come it, it comes from a selfish place but it does not come from an evil place yeah it's not malevolent yeah and that's sort of like what we're seeing played out on a very large scale mm-hmm. here with jonathan it's one of the things that makes that last scene that last conversation between him and buffy so amazing. I mean, the fact that when all this is over, that they remember it is yeah. so terrible for him. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, it's, they're all making jokes out of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And then here's just this like sad little kid walking through the background yeah. all alone again. And, and not even that, more alone. And, and yeah. And it's like, and not that he doesn't deserve everybody being so upset with yeah. him. He does. And Buffy has to lay it out for him. It's not just this reason you think it's this yeah. other reason, but then to hear him explain like, Oh no, 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 no. You weren't puppets. And just like, and the idea that like, this is a kid who's lonely. He wanted friends and he went too far with it the way that, that you would, that you would like misunderstand what it is you're actually after. And it's such a, it's like for all the faults and, uh, you know, some of the missteps this episode makes, I think that last scene is, is incredible. Yeah. And I, and I love that I feel for this dude. I like the guy that, who is basically the villain of the episode for all intents and purposes is like even if I don't like what he's done, I understand him still. And I think that's the great thing about Jonathan as a character, even moving forward, even when shit gets even a little more real than this. Definitely. We all have those fantasies of like what it would be like to be the popular kid or what's going to, what would it be like to be the quarterback or the homecoming queen? But even, you know, as you get to be an adult, it's, you know, what it would be like to be the CEO, what it would be like to be rich and have a mansion and we fantasize about these things. And it's, it's again, that Buffy theme of taking something to the nth degree and saying, mm-hmm. okay, magic, mm-hmm. you made it happen. All your dreams came true. Right. Yeah. And it's stuff that he feels like he deserves. And that sort of entitlement is something that, like you said, even past high school, it's just mm-hmm. as you grow up, that's, a, that's something you have to be very aware of. Like yeah. when you're like, you know, cause it's very easy to recognize in other people, but it's a lot harder to mm-hmm. catch yourself falling into it. like just the idea that you deserve certain things yeah. or that, that that life in any way owes you something mm-hmm. that, or that there's like an order to this universe that somehow has any investment in whether or not you succeed or fail it doesn't it's fucking mm-hmm. random like nobody mm-hmm. owes you anything that's just not how life works mm-hmm. and then and that's why i really thought a big part of this ending was going to be jonathan having also having having some part in in that realization not just mm-hmm. the rug gets pulled out from under him and like, and oh shit, yeah, okay, so that didn't work out. But actually, having some participation in, like, you know what, I I just can't let this play out any further. And they they do have that he he is the one to, to like tackle the demon and put it into the pit. But it's just too rushed to really have that much of an impact. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. the that's the problem. If it had been more of a setup of like he leads her into the trap and he's trying to just stay away, and then he finally just like I I can't do this. This isn't right. Right and make it more of a moment, I think that would have a lot more impact. You know what? And there are a couple of episodes of Buffy where, and I think even maybe the last time I was on the show, there were, I, f- I don't know what episode we were 
which episode it was, we were talking about where it felt, where I was sort of saying like, it just feels like it needs maybe 10 more minutes of screen time or something. Like they just don't explore this idea to the fullest. And like with this episode, the super frustrating thing is you look at it and go, oh my God, just take out all the Adam shit. Yeah. Yeah, just take it out. You have plenty of plenty of screen time, or even you know, even if if it wasn't this creepy, like he's gonna throw her in. But if if he honestly, like after Tara got attacked, Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, things are real. Yeah, like I, I, or at least, or that's the start of it. Yeah, Yeah. that's the start of his change. Is like, okay, this thing isn't lurking in the woods anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it's coming out and it's attacking people. Yeah, or even something where it's more about seeing him going through. Kind of like the the panic of like okay all I have to do I just have to I have to kill the monster and then everything will be fine I'll I'll just I'll just kill this thing or or, or trap it or or get get it out of commission but I don't want to break the spell um, mm-hmm. how can I do that and maybe seeing that panic of sure, him kind yeah. of coming apart because of it would be more interesting than than the finale we got to yeah, yeah. that's interesting the idea of trapping it instead of killing it yeah of like him trying to 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 cling on to it more aggressively of like no I I have to keep this i can't go back to what it was yeah Mm -hmm. i don't want to be a dweeb again Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah i love the i i felt way too tall joke oh yeah i do have to say that oh yeah that's great Riley gets some good jokes this episode he does i'm surprised i also like kind of going back to what we were just talking about the this is one of the first episodes where i really feel but kind of the idea of when you make a magical wish you're kind of mind raping people yeah mm-hmm. and like you're you're taking away their consent and i feel like the trio gets into this in a really interesting well, even way like before that tabula rasa oh yeah 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 absolutely yeah and i think that's a really interesting thing because it's it's easy to you know because it's all fantasy to think of like oh what man what if i could just wish to be president of the united states or wish that this girl would fall in love with me and it's like no that's not that's not okay yeah because like she's not in love with you right you're like forcing her on that note, what's the lesson in Superstar? There is no magic spell to make you popular or talented or smart. You have to put in the work to be nice or work hard to get talented or learn so that you're smart or be a decent human being and maybe that girl will like you, but you can't force her to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I got totally. It. Well, and even just Absolutely. and also like uh, as an extension of that. The fact that like if even if the reasons you get into something like I'll tell you right now, the reason I started playing guitar was it had less to do with oh, making making music that matters and more to do with like girls seem to like guys that play guitar. Like, I mean, I was 13 years old. Right. Like, and, But then you pick up a guitar and what you realize as you start trying to get good at it is like this whole other thing takes over where it stops being about the goal or what you thought the goal was. And it starts mm-hmm. being about this process. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it's just this it, a very real love for something develops and just again with with jonathan the idea that all these things you think you want like that's it's not it's just not about the the prizes and the Mm -hmm. prizes don't mean anything if you haven't earned them it's such an Mm -hmm. empty victory and then when you actually start going back and doing the work to achieve that stuff you find out there's this whole other side of it that Mm -hmm. makes it matter other than just what you think you're going to get out of it yeah uh before we get into the next episode i think we need to take a break and hear from our sponsor when you go to the polls this November, remember what Jonathan has done for you. Jonathan single-handedly brought the greatest surplus in American history, brokered peace in the Middle East, and unified the Congress to pass a record number of unanimous pieces of common-sense legislation. Re-elect Jonathan Levinson. He is running unopposed, so if you can't make it to the polls, don't worry too much. But otherwise, vote Jonathan and leave it to Levinson. It's time to put Superstar back on the shelf 
and open the books on where the wild things are. opening the book so we're watching molly shannon movies and reading children's books mm-hmm. so buffy and riley are battling a vamp and a demon bad outfit buffy mm. really just zero fashion points here she's got sparkle pleather snakeskin pants which just by themselves i don't see any problem terrible Awful. All great adjectives and then you're for gonna pants. Pair it with a not not just a, an enormous chunky sweater that does not go with the style of the pants at all, but a clashing one. You don't mix white and gray with taupe. Here's my thought. They've been fucking so much that she doesn't even care what she's putting on. She's just grabbing any clothes. It's or like, we got to go patrol and then get back to the bedroom. He fair. fucked her brains out and she's just not <laughs> thinking straight. Either <laughs> one works. Durr. Uh, she and Riley really do make a good team though they're helping each other here I really like the line you get fang and I'll get horny <laughs> okay yeah that's <laughs> no not mm. a fan <laughs> uh, once they finish they just can't stop touching each other and they're just talking they just keep nobody's ever talks like this this is like I was watching this like this is not a thing I've ever done like wait like what like while you're talking be like yeah you know the 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 vamps really they oh i don't know i was watching this going like yeah i definitely remember like that first week of dating someone and just being like inseparable and always needing to be touching in like a normal way where you're holding hands or like you're like arms wrapped around each other but touching your Uh, face and brushing your that's just not a thing that i do i i feel like that's something early on in a relationship especially if you're like younger or drunk yeah i feel like i see a lot sure they are at this moment, though, where you're right. Like, there's, it seems like there's like three steps to beginning a relationship. You've got the first step of just like, I'm getting to know you and we're exchanging. Getting to know sto- all about <laughs> you. <laughs> we're halfway there. <laughs> you're just going to keep tossing out prompts. <laughs> I'm so scared to speak. <laughs> um, so uh, where you're like exchanging stories and it's like maybe you've kissed or maybe you're still like, are we going to kiss? I'm not sure. And then once you get to that point where you're like, we've reached the physical part of our relationship, then it's like, so we're not leaving that bedroom mm-hmm. for like a while. And then at some point you have to come up for air and that's when like you really start to have a relationship. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, definitely there is that point in the relationship where once you cross that threshold that's all you want to do veronica mars has that they they acknowledge that too when max starts stating what's his face and all they're doing is having sex and getting takeout and there's an episode of scrubs like that too it's just it's like because it's like yeah Yeah. i mean that's like the best (laughs) yeah that still sounds sounds like a great way to spend a weekend sounds good that's fine (laughs) so instead of telling giles they go home to have sex we'll tell him tomorrow I mean, really, it's fine. Like, the fact that this is, like, they're shirking their responsibilities. I was like, really, it can wait till the a.m. You're okay. It did not necessarily strike me that weird that demons and vampires were helping each other, but I guess it's not something we've seen before. I mean, well, the thing is, we've only seen it with really big vampires or demons. But we have seen it, like, 
Spike and Angel got the judge. The mayor yeah. had a bunch of different vampires working for him. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I feel like it should have been more clear, like, this is a particular type of demon who would never work with a vampire or, like, uh, a demon that vampires would never want to be around for some particular reason. Mm. So that night, Riley's woken by a dripping sound. This is weird, right? I like, mean, I know you're horny, Buffy, but... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Why? Why do we... Oh. <laughs> such a restless sleeper that just a dripping sound when you're... <laughs> <laughs> i can't say the word dripping now <laughs> no no you can't uh why that i think why the faucet might i mean i feel like sometimes that can be loud if it's a quiet house just that repetitiveness of it <laughs> Chris is going crazy. um it's it's weird to me that they just try to make this inherently creepy but I'm, i think it kind of works for me i i thought there were a lot of cool like as far as like the directing in this episode mm-hmm. goes, there are a lot of cool like directorial touches here for some of this like really cool atmospheric mm-hmm. stuff. And this was one of those moments where I thought like this it's pretty well done. Yeah. And I also think just the fact that you don't usually get that much build up in a Buffy episode, it's usually more like monster rawr. Yeah. Um yeah. that kind of made it a little creepier inherently. Like, oh, there is something going on. Yeah. What is creepy now is this ice cream truck. Oh my gosh. What a random assortment of I'll take a good humor bar and a box of nails. Like what the fuck is going on in this? I'll take some giant bugs and uh, cheese popcorn. <laughs> well, but also the music, isn't it in like a minor key? Yeah, it is. <laughs> like what the hell? I like you know what though? I like the music as like scoring their argument mm-hmm. yeah it's just, it's it winds up having this weird sort of like david yeah. lynch feel and yeah, then yeah, with like yeah. the the punchline of all the parents staring yeah. just like mm-hmm. i actually really like this part yeah it was fun and yeah. i just i love anya it's so great when you get to use a, a character like anya who's like who's still so naive about mm-hmm. what it means to be a, a a human and interact with other humans in this way and how you can use that as a parallel to being a teenager when everything is super heightened and yes. you do jump no. you do get dramatic about like i i can't believe we're breaking up yeah. it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh i just i called at 7 30 instead of 7 20 yeah <laughs> who is she <laughs> <laughs> my mom i she told me to do the dishes it's just yeah i love all that stuff no absolutely 100 percent yeah, so they, they didn't have sex one night, and she is just yeah. like, you're not attracted to me. I mean, he does put his foot in his mouth when he's like, you know, the initiative is probably too distracted by pretty girls to pay attention to you. And she's like, excuse me. I would. I mean, if some if you were to say that to me, I'd be like, I know what you're trying to say, but also, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All you needed to say, Xander, was other. Yeah. Other pretty girls. Yeah. 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 So she she asked like oh are you are you um I'm what is the PC term that she used defective what is oh no um oh god deficient mm-hmm. impotent I don't know what word she uses floppy <laughs> dysfunction sure I think because it's something about an erectile dysfunction right and he's like nope 
totally everything works. And to prove it, he challenges her to have sex right here, right now. Hot, sweaty sex. Uh-oh. Smash cut two. Children. Hot, dripping sex. One of them in a wheelchair. <laughs> Why does that matter? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was deliberate. <laughs> Hey. I feel like it was deliberate to be like, you have all the things here. You have like sweet children. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> what are you saying? That you have like all the very stereotypical, sympathetic, sweet, like, okay. like symbols of sweetness. So you have these sweet children, this this sweet child in a wheelchair, and there's parents and puppies, and you are being disgusting in front of them. <laughs> That was better than mine. I can't. I I can't on purpose do it as bad as you did. (laughs) (laughs) Quack Voldemort. Quack. (laughs) Uh, Buffy and Riley finally report to Giles that demons and vamps are working together. Human sacrifice. Ghostbusters. Cats and dogs. I, I mean, I was waiting for that. Living line. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the gang realizes that Adam is bringing the races together. Sure. Like Martin Luther King. Fine. Oh, you know what I noticed about this moment? This is uh, kind of a weird detail, but so she says that line, like Martin mm-hmm. Luther King, Giles gives her a look. Mm hmm. And then it's like they realized in editing, you have to cut back to Allison Hannigan here, but they don't have the moment. It's just a... W- There's a reason, because there is an original, originally a line that she has in here. Oh, okay. And the line is um, in response to like Martin Luther King, but probably a lot less eloquent and with the evil. So different than Martin Luther King. Let's move on. See that because it is, when they do yeah. cut back to her close up, she's not reacting to the way he's looking at her. It's yeah. just a random Alice and Hannigan shot, and then it moves on. It just really it stood out to me when mm-hmm. I watched it. Hmm. So that makes yeah, that there it is. There's the answer. And I always felt that I I felt that there should be a response to the Martin Luther King line, and there was originally, and they cut it out. I hmm. remember there being a response. Yeah, yeah, because it, you know it's just it, because it's the setup punchline of comedy. It's yeah. like the you're waiting for it to land. Mm-hmm. And even the close-up, even without the yeah. line, a close-up could have been funny. It just doesn't land. And you're like, for a show that almost always Lands sticks the landings, this uh, this feels off. Giles reveals that while they're at the party, he'll be at the espresso pump for no important reason. You really should not come at all. No, <laughs> don't. Don't stop by. Buffy and Riley run out for a quickie. Yep. They're not really in this episode a lot. I mean, they're not. I'm sure. I think they had one day of shooting. Yeah, because especially with what's about to happen and then yeah. pretty much the rest of the episode, it's just... Yeah. I mean, it was one of those like, cost-cutting things where it's like, well, we'll shoot with you for two days and shoot with everybody else for the rest of the week. Yeah. It was an easy sell for him. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. <laughs> what do I have to do? Just one day? You're sure? Just the one day? I don't mind coming in for... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you need reshoots... I don't mind coming in. God damn it. <laughs> and they're like, no, this isn't real. <laughs> Jackass. Uh, uh, Are you sure? Uh, I just watched Boogie Nights, so I figured, you know. <laughs> this is some weird editing, though, where they say, like, oh, you've got 20 minutes to class. We have time to fit in that thing. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that yeah, one, he yeah. says that. That's the That's, line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it's a cut to that night. So I guess their quickie lasted all day. 
Uh, and I like how we get the obligatory PSA condom shot when we have to mm-hmm. know that they're having safe sex. Yeah, it almost seemed like a setup. I get that. Yeah, they're just. Like, I really thought it was going to turn out and be like yeah. demonic condoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, oh, this is the episode. Billy Mays here for demonic condoms. <laughs> so this is the episode where it jumps the shark. I remember now. <laughs> if you want your one-eyed monster, be a real one-eyed monster. No, no. <laughs> Uh, so the, the rat just can't stay warm. They're building a fire. Mm-hmm. There are so many cuts here back and forth from the fire to the bedroom. <laughs> it just keeps going fire. I get it. Bedroom. Do you get it? Fire. Do you get it? These are connected. Bedroom. Do you get it? <laughs> fire. They're connected, guys. Bedroom. There's a connection here. Uh, <laughs> fireplace explodes onto Mason. His name's Mason, guys. That's Mason. Oh, uh, Master? No, Mason. Oh, Marcus? it's fine we won't meet him again Graham (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who this Graham guy is I know Grant all we need is some marshmallows (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome Uh, meanwhile Spike jumps out at Anya and Allie and she's like you made me yell really high (laughs) (laughs) he's robbing her but she knows that he can't bite her so I like them together yeah that's a funny they do make a really good a really good pairing. Um, I like that this is how he's making money or how he's getting his jollies off now that he's like, well, I can jump out at you with a vamp face. I can't do anything, but you don't know that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they both have an honesty that complements each other. Well, and the fa- and the, the similarity in the things she used to be able to do, how she would handle yeah. this situation if she still had certain abilities and him still mm-hmm. being stuck with, you know, all the impulses he can't act on. Mm-hmm. Like, and both being thousands of years old. Yeah. I like looking young. I like all the ways in which they're similar and then all the ways in which they're different that make them funny together. Yeah. Both kind of immature despite their long lives. Yeah. In a really interesting way. Yeah. When they were sitting down in the bronze, I was just like, this makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's why they get it on later. Uh, at the party, Buffy is too distracted making moony eyes at Riley to listen mm. to the gang. What does her shirt say? Did anyone catch, the, catch this? Oh, no. Oh, Rio de Janeiro? What is with the season of distracting t-shirts? Rio de Janeiro. Every single episode is another t-shirt where you're like, what the fuck does that shirt say? Why is it prominent? And why is that character wearing it? What is her connection to Rio de Janeiro? (laughs) (laughs) Upstairs at the party. Ugh. This guy. Little language douche. This douche. Is he uh, one of the kids from Beer Bad? Yes, he is. He, oh, yeah. so he really he is. He legitimately okay, is. Okay, yeah. great, because he definitely acts like it. Well, every yeah, this is like that part of that age, I guess. Just mm-hmm. everyone's got their uh, shtick, the thing uh, they they use uh, on every girl, waiting for it to work just once. Oh, uh, this is why I took one that one philosophy class so I can. It's repulsive. Yeah. yeah. He compares the sensuality of speaking French to English. How original, buddy. Yeah, it's real. French is a romantic language. Are you? Oh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked you're of that opinion. To her credit, she looks thoroughly unimpressed. That's yeah. true. He then puts his, braces his hand on the wall and promptly drips. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> um, what strikes me this time is that like. If I'm standing next to him and he's doing that, I'm leaving that yeah. conversation. That for I mean, the, uh, that is super weird that they all start to crowd around to watch each other <laughs> come. come. Yeah. And then especially like the girls wearing a skirt. I was like, <laughs> I mean, there's 
driven. Yeah, well, I, I just, oh, I, it's so, it's so crazy. That I almost understand, like, drunk college kids, it, it, it was like the inhibitions are gone. I, I really don't understand the girl who's already not interested staying for this guy who's just creepily, like, yeah coming for no reason that's yeah. the part where you yeah. run like yes. i mean that's like it's like sorry but not the part where you're suddenly interested yeah. no yeah i i mean i could see drunken at a party being like ha 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 look hey, at this guy's o face yeah, yeah. especially because they're pranking everyone they're like put mm. your hand here and yeah. then you're just kind of stuck because mm-hmm. we listen to this bullshit like speech of his about the sexuality sensuality of language going like uh-huh, uh-huh and then it's like oh wait you prematurely ejaculate <laughs> that's what i mean too i mean I mean, I guess I guess we shouldn't kink shame her. That's just what she's into. Sure, yeah, yeah that's yeah. valid. I also I don't know that I need it. Like the as far as all the stuff in this house and the backstory behind everything, I don't know that I need the orgasm wall. I just I <laughs> it's, really. a, it's definitely the weirdest part of the house. Yeah. Like, well, especially because yeah. everything else is kind of negative or like really turns. Like you never shaming. see. Yeah, yeah. And you never see is, that. Yeah, yeah. Even when it like increases the sexual, like. The lust of people but there's that turns. Yeah. yeah. You never see like somebody doing that and being like. <laughs> <laughs> or like the wall sucks you in yeah. or just something. Yeah. No, that's a good point. No, it's it's better at blowing than sucking. sucking yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> How do we not know that this episode is just going to turn into this? Uh, so Xander chants up a curly headed redhead. Oh, generic no hassle temptation girl. That common conceit where it's just, you know, I'm having trouble in a relationship. Here's a generic no-hassle person that I can be tempted with. Immediately into you. Yeah. Yeah. No oh. real character traits aside from being blandly attractive and seeming like they don't have any problems. <laughs> These are all good points that I have never realized before. Um, I just always liked this girl. I just I just remember her. <laughs> fine. Yeah. I just remember her. Like, she's kind of a good actress. And like, I, oh, yeah, I okay. kind of feel like she... I want to see her in other things. Well, it's hard with that that but buzzed hair. I just I feel like there's so many monster of the she week. Cut episodes. All off. Yeah, she did. <laughs> it's such a she shaved herself bald with a pair of scissors. It's <laughs> <laughs> a neat trick. <laughs> um, I I feel like in so many monster of the week episodes, the the monster of the week, the one off actors that like you know you're never going to see again are like awful and she always struck me as like oh yeah there was that one that's pretty good and like just the idea that, that xander being xander that like that him and anya break up he turns around and immediately there's a girl i fucking him they like, didn't even break up they're just in a fight right but like but then it's just yeah it's there because plot but not yeah. because i mean if, if xander if, uh, if it were this easy for xander to walk around meeting women he wouldn't be xander he, yeah no and the fact that like when anya shows up he's not like I thought we were broken up. He's like, you brought a guy here. Like you were just chatting up a girl. I do. I mean, he is charming though. The whole, like, you should see me add short columns and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the super smooth line of, uh, uh, who you with, uh, right now I seem to be here with you. Buffy and Riley run off to have sex. Um, I do like that. And I'm, and I'm the one that got a D in covert ops. <laughs> Tara wants to teach Willow to go horseback riding. This is really sweet. Yeah. It is sweet. First off, I think it's adorable that Willow's scared of horses. Yeah. But when Willow puts her hand on Tara's knee, Tara calls her disgusting and runs away. That's shocking, yeah. Yeah, and heartbreaking. They just reached a point where they're, like, you know, honest about their feelings. And they're, like, hanging out with their friends. Right. Yeah. 
Although their friends, we'll find out later, are really oblivious. Yeah. Just really. Anya brings Spike to the initiative party. Yeah, he Xander gets all high and mighty, even though he was totally just hitting on a girl. Very Xander move. I mean, Anya wasn't even hitting on Spike. They no. were just hanging out. This is so childish. He's like the one other person she knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like she can go back home because she, as far as we know, do not, does not have a home. Yeah, we, she's still homeless. We yeah. don't know what she does for money or home. She should really be trying to work at this relationship just for, you know, shelter. <laughs> Security reasons. <laughs> at this point, they do break up. Yeah. And then decide to stay to show each other just how much fun they can have. Yeah. Without the other person. Woohoo! <laughs> I love the rhyme of it. Me too. Woohoo! It's <laughs> very angry. Yeah. Uh, Xander finds his redhead's playing spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game always when I did you guys play this game? No, I mean, it always like, seemed like something I heard about, but I'm I don't think anyone ever did. The, okay, did. oh yeah, but but younger than this, like yes. not oh, junior yeah. high. Yeah, I was gonna say it's well, a I, junior high. Well, they comment on that. Yeah. Okay. But um, this always seemed like such a better deal for the guys because when we played mm. it, it was like opposite couples okay, girls girls okay. If a guy landed another guy, he got to respin. That's lame. Yeah, it was always just like, you, you guys have this rigged. I mean, I get it for the time. Sure. It, I don't think it, it would be that way today. No. But yeah, definitely a junior high thing. I never did, never played Seven Minutes in Heaven. I was just thinking of that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are the rules of that? You just go in a closet just for seven minutes. Closet. Yeah, that's why I always thought that was the weirdest game. I'm like, that's not really a game. I mean, it's not, well, but <laughs> I love the rules when I'm, <laughs> when, yeah. I'm when I'm 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody ever really, you know, is the conclusive winner of Spin the Bottle. It's not like, I, I got 15 points. Let's go over the rules again. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, no, are we playing by uh, house rules or uh, <laughs> it's uh, Hoyle? Gordon. So Xander's bottle lands on the redhead or vice versa, whatever. Uh, Xander kisses her on the cheek, which I appreciate mm-hmm. after he's been a turd. Uh, but she straddles and attacks him. Yeah. This is some intense intense making out i really like his reaction just julie what (laughs) (laughs) she locks herself in the closet where she cuts off her hair dramatic haircuts i'm bad yeah so later xander's gonna make a felicity joke (gasps) i love that explain it to me because i kind of understand it oh this is a huge deal where carrie russell had that like those beautiful curls long hair and then in between seasons she got a haircut that like really, yeah, but like super short yeah. and ratings for the show plummeted. People were like sending angry letters to the WB about the haircut. <laughs> it was a huge, huge deal. It and basically the, killed that show. Did she have the show's permission to get this haircut in between seasons? Well, I think she... this is part of the thing is that yeah. after this now there's like there were there were contractual obligations mm-hmm. about things like this yeah. because of the fallout from from this this whole thing. It was like a. It became like a this weird like cautionary tale for yeah. showrunners and producers for years after that, mm-hmm. and it was and it became shorthand. You get, like the way that's used in this episode about like oh don't you don't want to pull a Felicity or mm-hmm. yeah it's cr- I mean wow. So Willow goes looking for Tara in the upstairs bathroom, but instead finds a boy being drowned by some sort of unseen force. Mm-hmm. When she tries to help him, he disappears, and then she stands up, he's behind her. I love the line when she goes to tell Xander about it and saying, like, she tried to help him, but being that he's a ghost, <laughs> it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> then I love the line about, is every frat haunted? That's a great meta yeah. moment of just, like, seriously, we're doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and this is the moment at which you realize that like something is going on with Buffy and Riley because they can hear Willow scream, which for both these characters, the normal reaction would be no matter what you're doing, jump up, go help. The fact that they don't break their rhythm. It doesn't matter. And the part where like when we one of these times when we cut back to them. And it's just the bed, the overhead shot, I just disappearing into black. God, it's so That's good. what I mean. Directorially, there are moments in this episode where I was just like, this is really good. Yeah. There's a lot of really good touches for a script that I, yeah, I don't know this is one of my favorite yeah. written like written Buffy episodes, but there, there are some cool uh, flourishes in this one. The scoops run to get Buffy, um, but vines start covering the door. And we're not talking about short videos here. No, thank you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Why does a forest grow in the fr- frat? No, it's Graham. <laughs> not, not forest. <laughs> <laughs> if a Graham falls in the forest. Uh, do they respin the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> well, that one hurts my head. Um... But no, but why? Why the vines? I don't know that we get a in-universe explanation of why it's vines as opposed to like anything else. Anything that matches the theme mm-hmm. of the episode. Like I think, like more on theme would be like it's it's like the door is like on fire, not necessarily literally, mm. but it's like super hot you can't even touch it. So generating that heat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This the this is weird. Um, also, a really bad effect. Those vines look shitty. Yeah. Poking around. Yeah. Maybe they just had vine effects at the ready. And they're like, eh, we can do this. <laughs> Makes sense. It's cheaper than fire. <laughs> well, and even if it was something that was not, that wasn't trying to look like real vines, but was something more just like a ectoplasmy vine like. That would be cool too. Because then I'm not something. sitting there going, is this like a good temptation, Garden of Eden? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sort of. That, I don't know. Yeah. But it can't because or, at no point is that ever referenced yeah. in the episode. Or e- or even if we learn later in the episode where there's you know the Lowell House or whatever it was where there was the woman torturing the kids like that she made them tend the garden all the time sure. or d- something like that. Anything. Yeah, or that she burned and down the garden or terrible, something like that. They weren't allowed to use gloves, so they got these terrible splinters yeah. or thorns or whatever. Yeah. Here's we got the shot of the zooming out to see the bed. Oh, it's amazing. Sure. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Phantasm. Yes, totally. What? My notes say Oh god. <laughs> Grant is shining in the hallway. <laughs> Graham. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? Graham um, is standing in the hallway just not reacting, reciting scripture, yep. which is creepy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm I kinda wish they'd went further with that. Yes. I agree. Like, take especially, out the O face wall, make like yeah. put in more cre- creepy religious stuff. Yeah, especially given where this stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like that makes way more sense. Yeah. Um, I'm not usually a fan of Forrest, but Forrest kind of rocks out here. I like how his mm-hmm. he like he's just like, okay, an immediate reaction is you know, the right one. Like yeah. gotta get you out of here. I got a plan getting you out of here. Although I loved I I saw a comment online about how uh he's not taking the advice that he was given a couple episodes earlier of in an emergency, use the stairs. That's a good point. Uh, Xander wants to go back inside to help Buffy and Riley. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, this, I love this whole scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spicy. I am. Um, I know I don't like any of you guys. 
And in general, I don't know what. But after the whole thing, he's like, "Actually, that's that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty convincing." Yeah, yeah. and he walks, walks away. away. Oh man, that's so great. That's fabulous. Uh, the house rejects Xander, so now it's time to go find Giles. Everybody, he's at the espresso cup, pop having adult time. Oh yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> he is having a concert. He is covering "Behind Blue Eyes" by mm-hmm. the Who. I thought oh, I thought Fred Durst did that song originally. There's the Limp Bizkit version he's covering, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, haven't heard. You, that. you probably feel real stupid right now. <laughs> uh, it's a Limp Bizkit song. It's clearly that arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is awesome though. Yeah. This, this is, is tremendous. Great. He this, this is a good cover. It's it really, good. I, mean, I, I, I was bummed we didn't hear the full song. Yeah. yeah. No, he, this is excellent. He's his voice is great. I like. I just it's a great song. He's even wearing his earring. I was gonna say the yeah he's got the earring in. I also I like the uh, when it just cuts back to all of them watching him, like a Willow and especially Aww. her face, and yeah. then the the implication that she had a crush on him. Yeah, that's so sweet. That even it. and the and Anya seems to and Tara too. Yeah, I think yeah. they all yeah. kind of like yep, <laughs> like at one point yep, yep, all of us. Yeah, I'd go for that. Have you ever watched like gone back and watched the early seasons? With this in mind, and seeing if you can spot Willow having a crush. Ooh, oh, I should no. do that. I've tried it. I can't spot it. Well, I mean, very shy. Could have a crush doesn't mean you're hitting on him. So no. yeah, whatever. Uh, so there's a forest growing at the frat house. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying that he was getting turned on. He's, he's a enveloping growing. the entire house. <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> choice. <laughs> you shall not pass. It's a big lunch. <laughs> uh. Uh, and this is the other uh, part that I like is when they cut back to Buffy and Riley, the fact that it's it's escalating. The mm-hmm. idea that like they are exhausted, and but every time they stop, there's this desperation of mm-hmm. we can't stop. You have to keep touching me. Yeah, and until eventually they just become blurs. Mm-hmm. And you can see them getting like paler, and like the color goes out of their lips a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that like this. It, the stakes are being raised here where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you really do have to help them because this yeah. is not good for them. Yeah. Up until then, it just seems like real a lot of fun yeah. for them. Too much of a good thing. Willow's research unearths Lowell House's origins as a home for runaway and delinquent children. Uh, they go to visit the old director of the house, played by Mrs. Lanningham from West Wing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, was- I knew. I was sitting there trying to figure out where I knew her from. Yep. And she says that she was good to her kids. She gave them hugs and praise when they were good and punished them when they were dirty. Dirty. And they're like, oh, I like Giles just really innocent, responsible. Like, oh, children will get in the muck. Uh, When the girls preened over their hair, she'd cut it off, just Mm. like Julie. She performed baptisms, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. drownings or at least almost drownings should make them put their hands on a wall until they came apparently <laughs> she made them garden <laughs> awful punishment um, I don't know the one doesn't sound so bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you know what guys I got a one out of four chance I'm going to break the rules <laughs> yeah. I was such a bad boy today no no I was worse I was worse <laughs> Uh, and I like the um, accusi- accusation that you traumatize children who no doubt became troubled adults. That like it's not just that like, yeah, they survived, mm-hmm. but like that affects who you're going to become later yeah. in life. AKA, these things that you did ha- are having effects mm-hmm. now. Right. 
Actually, this is where I find Giles the most sexy in this episode, where he's like standing up for for these kids. Like I'm like, I I like a righteously indignant Giles. I agree. He's very charismatic. Yeah. It says this is a poltergeist born out of intense adolescent energy and sexual repression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Buffy and Riley doing it set something free. I mean, this is a frat house full of guys. Yeah. I mean, really, just these two going at it has not been able to compare with a house full of guys that I Maybe am... it's like one couple and like the mystical power of a slayer and... Hell I wish mouth. it was something about like the location of his room. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. like it was an important point in the house that she did something, and that it was specifically that room. Yeah. Because Riley's not the type to sleep around. Mm-hmm. This would be the first time, at least yeah. in a long time. Buffy and Riley are powering the poltergeist. It is sucking energy out of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so eventually, it's going to kill them. And therefore, it's eventually <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so there, then it's spell time. Willow, Giles, and Tara are calling on the spirits. Ooh, I like the shot too. With their, they do the like yes. the yeah three sixty and the ghosts all show up. That's like, awesome. All in one take. Yeah, oh. I'm like, I get distracted though thinking about how <laughs> they did that and like imagining like a bunch of kids behind the camera going like go. Go. And like they're getting, well, that's exactly what they did. That's yeah. why it's such a low angle, like mm-hmm. up so they could hide and yeah. Oh, they're popping up. I would, well, I would think. Yeah. Okay, Maybe. I'm picturing them like literally running to their space and then like they're stopping and freezing just as they get there. Oh, I thought like for sure time. it was camera down here up going around the circle so that they then they stand can up. stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they got actual ghosts. I think that's probably, that would have been the easiest yeah. thing to do. <laughs> Just have a seance. You mm-hmm. save on the craft Whatever's table. available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wardrobe. <laughs> Fair. Xander and Anya enter the frat, cutting through the vines. Why didn't they bring Giles' chainsaw? Good point. Her reaction it's historic house. to getting stabbed through the hand is like, Pretty oh, darn. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Went all the way through, it huh? It's awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she, then it's immediately, like, closed. She's not concerned. No. She's no. just... I got another one. <laughs> uh, the ghosts bail on the spell with Xander and Anya still in the house. Uh, Xander's thrown into the bathtub where he starts drowning. Mm. But Anya, uh, well, first she's, sa- she's thrown from the second floor and then fights her way back up yeah. to save Xander. I love she, how she calls them repressed crybabies. <laughs> <laughs> the pacing of this for being like the climax of the episode is a little too slow with mm, her, yeah. especially the second time she's making her way up the stairs. There needs to be a little bit more urgency to it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Also, this... There's a pun coming. Oh, this... good. <laughs> it's always best when you set the stage. When you... I'm excited for it, no, oh, Well, no... Okay. No build-up. So that's This good. is the big climax? That they're just, like, fighting the forest? It's just chopping through vines? The pun was, this is the big climax? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was proud of it. Trip. <laughs> don't say no, no, no. Don't, hey, you don't get to hijack someone else's punchline. <laughs> I thought of that. Remember when I said that funny thing earlier? That was also mine for sure. <laughs> um, but yes, I agree. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like I'm always defending this episode. Mm. 
Like, this is, I a lot of people talk about, ugh, where are the wild things are? I'm like, actually, go back and watch it. It's a pretty good episode. So I was excited for us to talk about it because I'm like, I really can't wait to come to its defense. And up until this point, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm st- this is what I remembered. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait, the big, the big bad, the big final battle. It, and at the end, after he's drowned, they're not even cutting the vines anymore. They're just pushing through them. Yeah. That's it. That's 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 it. There are a lot of these episodes. I think were just the realities of television, especially mm-hmm. in this era. Just meant that there are, there are a few episodes that feel like they just kind of fizzle out. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I I just don't think they have the resources to mm-hmm. build towards the sort of conclusion. And even if they realize later, it's not like we can go and reshoot stuff. It's like, we can't get those vines. Back that's there. so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get to Riley's door and open it. And they're just, they're just in bed. They're, yeah. it's, there's, they have no idea anything's been wrong. Don't you knock? <laughs> I do like that. So then we, uh, we get cut later to everyone's reaction. Supposedly, it's supposed to be Buffy's reaction to hearing about the fact that she was under a spell. But really, she's reacting to Giles singing. So That's creepy. Good too, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I do like Will saying, it's not your fault. You had no control. It must have been horrible. Yep. Horrible. So bad. He's he's got the last line yeah. right before it cuts yeah. in credits. It's re- the delivery is fucking hysterical. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I don't think Mark Bluthgis gets enough credit. I really you don't. Know, rewatching the season, I I have a lot more of a soft spot for him than I remember. Yeah. I was gonna say this too. Is that like, and I think this is the luxury of popping in here and there, just an episode at random, because when you're going through the entire series i think it's a lot of it just has to do with where he's introduced and how after Mm -hmm. as a replacement for angel and it's just like the last thing you want to see is the idea of just another love interest nobody was gonna no there that was always going to be a very a very tough hill to climb uh he's certainly he's definitely not the most charismatic of the Supporting cast members that come and go over the course of of the series, but like just yeah, just watching these two episodes, I was just, I mean, I I wouldn't say I had like a turnaround, but I was like very indifferent towards him versus like when we did our big rewatch of the series a couple of years ago and got to season four, and it was just like God, this guy mm-hmm. just can't believe, can't believe he's such a big part of the show. I can't believe Emma Caulfield isn't in the opening credits yet, and this dude is just all over the place. But I also feel like a lot of it is to where he ends up. I, yes. I'm not a big fan of that right. at all. Agreed. Um, it's it's hard to separate season four Riley from season five Riley. But um, no, I just keep finding myself um, impressed with his timing. Yeah. His delivery mm-hmm. and like how and like none of it being like show stealing, but that's mm-hmm. not the point of his character. No. Just the, like how much it serves the scene you know, in it, so many instances. It's like because all these moments like in the previous episode when Mike was saying like, he, they gave him a joke. He had a joke yeah. and he yeah. made it work. And it's so, and so you see, it's like if they had, if they had given him more or mm-hmm. if there had been, you know, I, I don't know, just like tweak this character a little bit. Yeah. That, that it's like, it's not that he was incapable of delivering on it because he turns up in small roles in movies where you're just like, oh, I'll be damned. It's Riley from Buffy. Yeah. And, in, and, he, and he's always very good. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, I think the problem is he's a, li- a little bit let down by. Yeah, by they, the writing. They seem yeah. to treat him as more or less just Buffy's boyfriend and not enough as his own character. And yeah. then when they finally do, it's with ridiculous plot lines. So what's the lesson in Where the Wild Things Are? 
Sex is not bad. And repressing your sexuality is dangerous. It can lead to repercussions you can't predict long after you've passed puberty. Be safe. Use a condom. But don't treat sex like it's some dirty no-no word. He did use a condom, and they still wound up powering Horny House. Yeah, but they were fine, and they had fun. It was the people in repressed in Horny mm-hmm. House that caused all the problems. I'm saying don't use condoms. Don't use protection. You don't know. You don't, It's a slippery slope. Magic. Powering a, a demon house. <laughs> so just Simple. raw dog it. <laughs> well, maybe you could also say that the lesson is is kind of find a good level. Like don't repress yourself, but don't have sex 24 7. Because yeah. that can be unhealthy too. Fair. Yes. <laughs> I think this episode is interesting thematically in that, like, I keep thinking about they must have felt, and I don't know mm. if they were getting any angry letters at this point, um, because Buffy's previous two. I'm going to hate that I use this word. Buffy's previous two lovers had negative consequences for her. Yeah. So it's not like the show at all was promoting casual, not that this is casual sex, but was promoting premarital sex. It was like mm-hmm. telling, it was basically, if you interpreted it a certain way, it could be telling you this was bad. Look at what happened to Buffy. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend turned evil. Yeah. The Parker is a, an eyebrow douche turd. This is the first time that she's had a healthy sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they were getting backlash for that. And I, mm-hmm. I think this is that the show is taking the stance of it is okay to have sex before marriage if you want to. It's okay that Buffy's doing this. Look, they're being safe. They're using a condom. Mm-hmm. Do not shove your sex negative repression mm-hmm. shit on us. Because that can be super dangerous, even more dangerous than unprotected sex here. You know, here's an episode about repression. And it is funny thinking about if they made the show now, because I feel like if they had very similar, you know, arcs and stories, they would have gotten the opposite backlash that people would have been saying that the show is very sex negative. Correct. Yeah. And that people would that would be what people would be complaining about more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? About this episode in general. I think this is a very well-directed episode of a somewhat middle-of-the-road script. There, it's it's very it's like appropriately moody in some spots. There's some interesting camera work. It's got a lot of really great moments and great scenes. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, I don't know what it is. Like, if there's not a specific thing I can point to other than just like, by and large, I think this one's kind of forgettable. Like, it took... I honestly spent two-thirds of this going like, oh, this must have been one of the ones we just skipped when we rewatch this and then by the end i was like no we definitely saw this one and i just it just mm-hmm. isn't one that sticks with me yeah I, I do feel like it's a bit uneven there are definitely some really great uh pieces to the episode but it, it also just lacks a certain cohesion to really even something as simple as the vines not having any mm-hmm. logical connection to the rest of the story uh, it's not going to completely ruin the episode, but it doesn't make it like stand out for me. I think it's a solid enough episode. I think it would be crazy to put it on a worst of list oh, or something totally. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not one that if I'm just looking for a really great episode, I'd probably turn on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, that's actually a great way of summing it up. It's solid. It's just not a standout. So would you two be ready to go international? <laughs> Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon das Rhine Fleischkanoe. Future Rifle International. There are basically no different titles for Superstar except German. Everyone else is just Superstar. 
they named it Jonathan Superstar. I'm glad we specified. I just love how... Also, we to give it away. That literal mindedness of German titles, at least for Buffy, where it's like, <laughs> we can't even just have it be a generic superstar. We have to be like, this is one where Jonathan is superstar. Jonathan superstar. <laughs> <laughs> for where the wild things are. Very mixed bag of titles here. French, The Haunted House. <laughs> I thought that was Fear Itself. Um, also, yeah, it's not really a haunted house. I mean, I guess it's haunted, but it's not ghosts. It's... a poltergeisty it's it's a misleading title the brazilian portuguese title where the madness happens god damn it it's like (laughs) okay we see what you did there but uh it's like Like, it's like this person at work who like you have a great idea for something and then they take it and they change just enough of it so that then they get to like take credit for it like when a writer comes in on a script Mm -hmm. and in order to like for the way arbitration on screenplays works they're like they change just enough of it so then they get like sole writing credit that's what that feels like yeah We'll just thesaurus that shit. Mm-hmm. We thought of it. <laughs> and then the German one. I'm not sure if it's a great title for this episode, but it is a great band name. Mm. The Insatiables. The Insatiables. I'm okay with that one. Isn't that a crick-ass band name, I, though? It is, but I also actually think it's a little more appropriate than Where the Wild Things Are. That book is not mm. about sex. Oh, well, you. I, I think you guys misheard. The full title is Where the Wild Things Are Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all just like original title it. of the book too. Because <laughs> yeah. originally it had a little fold out flat. Right. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those last three pages they eventually got rid of were salacious. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time to celebrate. That was I, that that was weird. <laughs> start that over. <laughs> Faultamore. <laughs> You're really taking this, like, don't say his name shit seriously. <laughs> that's it. That's what's going on. <laughs> Why didn't more people do that in the in the Harry Potter universe? Just look, use, like, weird euphemisms, like, you know, V-Man. Ooh, the moves. You get it. <laughs> now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. This was hard. Yeah. Uh, because there's not, like, there's hardly any traditional. Yeah. And most of it's pretty generic, what there is. You're kind of limited to the beginning of Superstar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, the end of Superstar. Or, like, the... Drowning the little boy in the bathtub. <laughs> well, we know what Kristen's is. Wheelchairs I, are I funny. Like... Murder, murder children. <laughs> We have learned so many this awful things about Kristen from this last awfully episode. revealing episode. <laughs> like she goes to start defending the old lady. Like, I think she had some good ideas, man. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I picked one of the um, the vamps in the beginning of Superstar. The one that Riley stakes sideways. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like leans in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just thought it was kind of a cool move. I am going unenthusiastically because... As we already discussed, I think this slate could have been done much better. But I I am a bit of a sucker when there's not an outstanding, like, this was so awesome, killer cool mm-hmm. slay to, like, a dramatically important slay. And that would be the, the monster at the end of Superstar, uh, as he's often referred to, the FOMO Genesis. Mm. Of course. Don't they make a gag in the episode about his name? Oh, uh, Randy. <laughs> his name is Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Who's Randy? The no, monster. Graham. Oh, no. 
I need to be clear. I'm not making fun of your listener. I'm. It's the just. The, no, I know. I'm yeah. making fun of us. Right. Yeah. We yeah, went yeah, an yeah. entire episode. I, just, I don't. I really don't want that person to feel bad. That like, well, fuck me for pointing out <laughs> oh, something no. that's true. No, I think it's hilarious that we've just been completely. That's what. I, yeah. The that's fact, the part yeah. that's the fact funny. That it was straight up in my notes wrong again. Yeah. yeah. I think literally after Forrest ran down the hallway screaming Graham that I went <laughs> Grant. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's such similar names too that if you're not like looking for it, you just like, oh, it's Graham. He's here to Graham. No, it is Graham. <laughs> <It's> Graham. <laughs> she still hears Grant. <laughs> I feel like a shit. I, I could not bring myself to choose one because I just mm. there was there wasn't a single one that stood out as like awesome like it was by we were getting towards the end of the of where the wild things are and i, I suddenly remembered i'm like oh i need a slay of the week and i was like something awesome better happen <laughs> in like the next 10 minutes because nothing has On registered that that honestly is like that was the front runner <laughs> if she'd had a better reaction yeah. to it that would have been it yeah i really there's nothing that really stood out in either of these episodes julie's hair <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great that is the most memorable yeah, yeah. Definitely Julie's here. That's the winner. I'm, I'm changing my vote. <laughs> Slay of the Week is the the three dudes Jonathan definitely shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off screen. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show and for ha- having a little fun with us in the beginning there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, no, that's, that's canon. That's huh? canon. It happened. Oh, it's oh, it's, it's done. Real. I this is all it's always a lot of fun, especially with like season four, which is a season I largely write off. So having to come in in this context and take another look at this stuff was uh it was cool so yeah if you guys haven't done it already check out haiti remember uh it's a great really fun podcast we have an episode on the buffy movie so yeah you do and Kristen and mike have both been on several episodes and some actually like gremlins you guys were both on together and that's that's one of our most popular episodes that was a really fun that's a good episode it was fun time it's a good one thank you for tuning in to the sunnydale stacks please like us on facebook Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off New Moon Rising and the Yoko Factor when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. We don't have to do this in like one take, right? Like just in no. case. Well, I mean, I'll like you can keep rolling, but no, we don't we're have live. to like. Oh my God, the illusion's <laughs> broken. It's the last time I'll be on the show. Oh. <laughs> so if like I screw up, we can. Be the blooper reel. A whole reel? Whoa. Why'd I say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jim- 1920s. <laughs> oh, say. Round of attack. <laughs> oh, this podcast is the bee's knees. <laughs>